Welcome to Shackles. Spirituality without the fluff. Simple questions answered simply. Hello and welcome back to another podcast with me, Irish Steve. And today we have a really, how would you say, important guest. An influencer per se. This, uh, I am sitting with the amazing I am King Cash, which is nearly 870,000 followers on TikTok, which is a big achievement for, you know, a little ad from a little place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are just going to go down the rabbit hole, man. So I want to learn more about you. You want to learn more about me. So let's just go with it. And I'm going to hit you with the first question straight up. Already? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a no bullshit sort of podcast because that's how I roll. The moon, megastructure, or a planet? It's it's built. It's definitely built. Yeah, there's yeah. so much science to to actually prove that. Chill, man. You're so of just relax. I want you to chill. I want you to take a breath for me. Because no, here's I'm what just it is. About all the stuff we're gonna talk about already. I'm just like, ooh, like what is he gonna say? <laughs> I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm excited too because you have a lot of knowledge that a lot of people, especially in the westernized world, is the they tend to take a look at it and go, well, this is all fluff. This is all, you know, BS. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of science. Like There is a lot of science. Like, when we talk about the moon being a, a, ma- a megastructure, let's just look at our own orbitals before we go out into this constellations and into mm-hmm. the different races that are there, because I yeah. know we're going there. <laughs> but the thing for me was the, the hollow the hollow sound, the echo, that yeah. moved at really cool speed, 328.53 hertz and... 13,000 feet per second. Wow, you remember it like that? Okay. I'm photographic. <laughs> so, <laughs> figures, I like figures. But the, the fact that, um, did you see the new movie? Uh, was it Moonfall? Moonfall, yeah. I, how trippy is that, cause considering how close it is to what we actually believe it is? Listen, so, when I first started getting into the moon stuff, I would, I still love the moon so much, but when I started learning about it, and especially what NASA said, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, like people need to hear about this. So I remember making a video about it, and then all these science people were starting to come for me. Like in the comments, they were like, "Oh, why would you say? That? Why would you say that?" And I'm like, "NASA said this themselves. Like, I don't know why you're coming for me like that." I had a whole argument. I with actually them. think I seen that in one of your uh, posts. Was it today or yes, yesterday? It was like yesterday, and the girl was really trying to fight me in the comments. And so I made a video to address it because I wanted people to see. And I did that, and then she just kept coming for me more. So I was like, I'm, I'm done like trying to battle with people. I don't do that anymore. But the fact that you could give so much knowledge about anything, so the moon being hollow, you could be like, okay, well, here's what NASA said. Here's the statistics you here. Oh, that's a whole other thing because everybody's like, <laughs> you trust NASA? Um. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in because that's the, the angle she took, right? So I'm going to use that angle, not to put you in the spot, but... From some, from two people who are pretty scientifically minded in a very uh, spiritual, metaphysical, conscious world. Yeah, we still like the science. We still like the facts. We still like the figures. NASA, you know what they have released? Mm-hmm. It's credible science. Yeah, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't get. Oh, you believe NASA when they lied about this? They lied about that. They didn't technically lie about a lot. They just it's didn't mixed. say a lot. And then there's so many myths associated with it. This is what I know about it so far. That when they went to the moon, there was a lot of anomalies and stuff that they saw and they experienced, but they couldn't tell people. So they had to film like fake 
fake things, right? So they'd be like, okay, you know, after when they got to Earth, they were like, let's film this scene because they talk about seeing UFOs and uh, the three, three, uh, the three lights on the crater. Okay, yeah. yeah, and so you see a lot of that, and they're like, like if you listen to the, I think I listened to one of the audio tapes, and the one of the astronauts is like, did you guys see that? Like we're being watched or whatever. And everybody, if you tell people now, they're all like, what? Like you're crazy, what? But I'm like. They said that themselves. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's so much data, and there's audio files, there's video files. There's even uh, the, the first spa, uh, satellites. Uh, what was it? The Sputnik satellite that the Russians put up. Mm-hmm. It was followed by an anomaly for the first entire orbit of the really? planet. Yeah, so the very first one, I think it was about 1957, 58, when they actually put up the first satellite. There was an anomaly that was recorded on radar following it. From the very first time that we went into space exploration. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the another thing. There was an anomaly seen before that in 1932. Wow. From, um, I can't remember. I think it was Cape Canaveral. I heard that before. Because they were, uh, they were a satellite zone before they were uh, uh, mission control. Mm-hmm. But they actually found an anomaly called the Black Light Satellite, which is still in orbit today. So the Black Knight satellite is one of the oldest satellites in existence, and it's proven that it's been in a polar orbit, which is virtually impossible for any modern uh, satellite to go into because of the magnetic pole. It's been on a polar orbit. So you're saying this is an ET satellite. Exactly. It's been on a a polar orbit for about 200 years, they reckon, based on the trajectory. And it has this really weird trajectory, too. So it comes when it comes into the the upper stratosphere, Mm -hmm. just above the Van Halen belt, it's 150, uh, 150 kilometers from Earth. Yeah, it's 150 kilometers from Earth. Whoa. And on its widest orbit, it's 75,000. So does it go to like the North Pole and the South Pole? Like it goes like that? But it goes in an elliptical variation because of its metal, it's being pushed off from the North Pole. Interesting. Do you so know why it's there? We don't know why it's there. And that's why I was like, oh, please, man, have an answer for this. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's a lot going on in Antarctica that I've been coming across lately. Yeah, I And know about the that. whole Antarctica continent, like it goes, if you go way back to, you know, dinosaur days, whatever, like even now when they look, they're doing like digging over there and they're finding all this stuff. Like they're finding like those elongated skulls. They're finding the pyramids and all of that stuff mm-hmm. there. And then people are like, oh, there's something going on in Antarctica. But if you tell people, they're going to be like, oh, whatever. But you see, the Ant- Ant- Antarctic has a 2,000-kilometer no-fly zone. Are you aware of that? Around Antarctica? Around Antarctica. You can't fly in it. You're not allowed to fly over yeah, it. Yeah, you can't fly over it. There's only one area that you can get close to, mm-hmm. uh, and that's on the southeast peninsula. But other than that, you're yeah. not allowed to near it. Mm-hmm. Because anything over the middle shows the entry ex- uh, points. Of so Agartha, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agartha. I like the way you said that. It's actually Lemuria. Lemuria? It's the entrance to Lemuria. But why So is if it you look at the old maps, the ones that they were uh, before tectonic sh- uh, plate shifting mm. from maybe fifteen to 20,000 years ago, Antarctica was actually a massive part of the African and Indian peninsula. It mm-hmm. broke away and moved in. So the tectonic shape pl- or plate moved at nearly 15,000 So kilometers. it was connected to Central to Africa. Africa. And then it, d- which is why they call it the birthplace of all spirituality. Wow! So Africa and the Aetherian uh, Sea, which is the mix between what we would classify as Egyptian theology, Hindu theology, Buddhist theol- uh, theology, and Taoist, all originate around that sea, and that's wow. the original connection point or the entry point into the old Lemuria, which 
part of that was known as the Temple of Thoth, otherwise known as Atlantis. Cool. So, wait, but I thought Atlantis was like, because I hear about Lumeria and Atlantis. So when I hear about those, like when I went to a soul reader, let's just my homeboy, he goes to me and he's like, yeah, you were a Lumerian. You like you incarnated as a Lumerian at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that felt right. Right. I didn't know yeah. much about it, but I was like, that felt right. And so he said that Lumeria was like under the Indian, like in the Indian Ocean. Well, that's the Ethereum Ocean. That's the Ethereum Sea. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So yeah. The Ethereum Sea leads into the, uh, or the Ethereum Gulf leads into the Ethereum Sea, which leads into the Indian Ocean. So it's all the same area. Okay. It's freaky, right? right? Yes. But then uh, again, if we look at ancient scriptures, we can actually see that that's actually the result of a war mm-hmm. between uh, the ancient Arcadians and Sumerians. Mm-hmm. So that's the the war of uh, Enlil and Enti. So you see, they have archaeological proof for all of this, mm-hmm. but again, they struggle to come up with it, especially with giants. Like them finding them giant skeletons everywhere. Oh yeah, the Nephilim. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother topic. Like that could go. You could go right to the Bible with that, and all these other religions. Like you can you all of them. Can. It's like the truth is just spread out into all of them. And then when you look at all of them, then you can see the full truth, especially when you look into Indian religions and they talk about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. I thought that was wild. I was like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. And then I learned more about it. And like the whole heaven and hell thing didn't quite make sense. Yeah, didn't make sense. But now I understand where it comes from. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, there are heaven and hell like dimensions or like realms, I guess you could call yeah. it, where these spirits go. And like if you die and if you are like negative if you you know you're just a negative person you're gonna want to punish yourself so you're gonna go to like a hell like place well, that's that's the definition of what hell is according to the christian bible it but is the place of god self-punch. punishes them oh no it's they, not it's your you own, <laughs> you punish yourself yes. it's your own fears it's your own guilt it's your own uh, variations that actually keep you in a purgatory state and allow you to continue planning your next incarnation to serve the karma that you created in that life mm-hmm. that, that that's very much in the vedas and the ancient scriptures as well so i uh, if, if i get a little quiet i'm because i'm turning my head and looking at neil here who's our <laughs> vedic astrologer who's listening in um so when you look at the vedas it actually does that but here's the thing if you look at all modern conformed religion and spirituality they all come from the same set of scrolls mm, really like the dead sea scrolls I heard about those. So the Dead Sea Scrolls is literally the blueprint of every major scripture or conform scripture that we have. Now, where did the Dead Sea Scrolls come from? They came from Sumeria. Mm. Sumeria was cuneiform. It's the first written language. It's Mm -hmm. also the same language as the Palladian light language, which is kind of weird, but it's a fact. I didn't know that. So the the cuneiform symbologies with the triangles and the lines actually match up to the markings photographed in ships and videos on uh, starships that have been more modernized because of the technology we can have more p- proof of it yeah but even the crashed landings uh not the, f- the not the big one we all know the roswell one because there was like six before that mm-hmm. so the, the early uh, the late 1939 crash that happened in northern siberia had the same markings in cuneiform and that's I'm how they're able to rip it yeah well th- that's the one where they took out half a forest and they didn't mean to oh uh. It was, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot out there. And that's what I'm saying. We only get, we, we see in the westernized world, we see NASA's variation, but we don't look at the European space. We don't look at Russian space. We don't look at Chinese space, which has just as amount, you know, as much information. And uh, Nick Pope from the um, British Defense, um, but he, he turned into a UFO whistleblower. I'm going to use that term. We shouldn't really use the term UFO because it's now UAP. Yeah, they say UAP, but they did that on purpose. Yeah, they did that so that they wouldn't be like, oh, UFOs, and yeah. they just switched it up because, you know, people aren't 
like, pre-programmed to say yeah. fluff. Yeah. So they're all like, oh, and that's a problem. We defluff on this. So anything we're saying, you can go on to Google and you can check this out information yourself. So it's not something that we're saying that is so fantastical that it's not out there. There mm-hmm. is scientific data. There's archaeological evidence to back up everything we're saying here, folks. So go yeah. on to Google. Go look at it. Do your own research. Come up with your own mind. But I'm telling you, we are absolutely insane to think that we are the only civilization <sighs> on this planet, or I should say inverted commas, air quotes, in this planet. Mm-hmm in comparison to the rest of our basic solar system you have 16.3 billion inhabitable don't places. even get me started because i got i was getting angry and people were like oh you believe in aliens i'm like you don't yeah it's like, weird right yeah and i don't even say alien anymore i say extraterrestrial because then it sounds more like professional that's me trying to get professional here <laughs> so i say that but I, the fact that people do not think that like humans are so egotistical and they think that they're the center of everything like when you watch any movie about ets or space they're always the center and they're always like beating up these extraterrestrials when i'm like it's going to be the other way around if it was yeah yeah like but the, and again there's evidence for both sides of that we have the galactical wars we have a few guys that are coming out from um through i think it was gan tv gan mm-hmm. tv was doing uh, a few interviews with uh, gary amory that it literally stated that there was wars currently going on in the Mars, uh, Ma- Mars yeah. I post. There's mm-hmm. 225,000 men on Earth mm-hmm. that are there in Mars. I heard about so, the wars going on there yeah. and the different beings that they're fighting against. Yeah. I heard about that. The Draconians, the reptiles. Yes. And there's actually, there's two variations of reptiles. I just want to point this out because we're going to go into races. I know we are, mm-hmm. but I want to point this out. Not all reptiles are bad. Yeah, because but people need to know that. Because the ones with the yellow eyes are passive and they're for us. And the ones for the, or sorry, the ones with the red eyes are passive and they're fighting with us in our wars. And the ones with yellow eyes are actually from an alpha draconia. So they oh. actually are our enemies. They're the I don't know about the eyes. Oh, yeah, it's the color of the eyes that determine the lineage because red eyes has got closer, has got DNA manipulation within them and yellow eyes don't. I know there's a lot of reptilian species and there's like, I know of like 14 mm-hmm. and a lot of them, like they come from I'm going to blow his mind with this next I can't, wait, I can't wait. <laughs> there's actually 340,000. 340,000 different styles of reptiles. Where do they come from? All different constellations, boosts right out into the Pleiades, the Lemurian, uh, the outer, um, what do you call it? The Alpha. Uh, the Alpha Draconians. Alpha Draconic. Uh, which is actually a constellation at the very edge of it. But there's also a planet away out in the very edge of our solar system where it's known as their home planet. That's the 2,500 rotation. Uh, in Vedic, I think it's known as Nibiru. Yep. So, so Nibiru is actually one that has been documented. Maybe that, that's there. the Anunnaki, though. Isn't that the Anunnaki? Yeah. But that's the Anunnaki, if you where look at that. I'm wondering what your knowledge is on that planet because yeah. I've been got, I haven't been able to get into that because they say it's in our solar system, but it's in a pre-elliptical orbit that enters our solar system, but then but it goes out. It, go, it goes out, and yeah. it happens every two thousand five hundred and sixty-two years. So, aren't we due soon? We're due very soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, generally, it's kind of funny because every two thousand five hundred and fourteen years, I think it is, within uh, Vedic, ancient Egyptian, and Greek mythology, we change ages. So say the age of Aquarius, the age of gold, the age of whatever. But we're we just transitioned. And now we're getting the anomalies to back up that transition to prove that it is entering our outer atmosphere. Wow. Because that's the, they reckon that's the reason why I think it's Jupiter is the only one that has the access on its side because yep. the, the gravitational pull of that planet coming into our solar system actually manipulates its access. <gasps> oh, 
I didn't hear about this one yet. Yo, yeah, there's loads, man. We got loads of information. We're going to blow a lot of minds today. I wanted to badly astral project and go to the moon, first of all, and Nibiru. I wanted to find out more about that. So why do why why would it say that when people want to, uh, to I'm just questioning, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not dissing what you're saying because you do you, man. <laughs> I love what you do and I love, I love that you've got it. Thank you. But... Why does everybody want to go off planet when they don't want to go into the planet? Because there's more civilizations under the Earth's crust than there is out in the moon and out in the bird. I know shamans who were like, yeah, I went to Agartha. And you know, I'm always skeptical, but this girl's like really good. Mm -hmm. She's like, I went down there and I talked to the beings. They're really cool there. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard some people say they have like gold skin. Some of them do, yeah. One thing I heard. The uh, Lyrian. The Lyrians have gold skin. Lyrians. So the Lyrians are uh, the closest thing in our mythology is the Egyptian, and that's Bastet and Mayat and um, the lions, the Lyrian lions. Mm-hmm. So the, the, that particular race are known to have certain, think of it like you know the Portuguese version or the French version, are known to have uh, reflective gold skin. Okay. So there's pl- there's plenty out there. Yeah. Um, this the sun gates uh, in Peru. The, the ancient stargates there and that's mm-hmm. that's that's where we're bringing into that stargates and uh, when, when we talk about portaling and wormholing and all these things that are very very common within the alien things yep there's uh, there's a very interesting little uh, conversation and documentary I was watching recently and it was a scientific documentation where and we were talking about Antarctic that they've drilled all these holes into um, the Antarctic, they're two kilometers down. So they go in a two kilometer radius, so two kilometers out, two kilometers uh, east, northeast, south and west, so a cube, and they're two kilometers down. Mm-hmm. So in that two kilometers down, they have hung these massive uh, instruments called DOMS. And the reason they're in there is because it's so far under the ice pack that there's no other way or no um, manipulation of the sensors that come from there because there's nothing can get through that ice pack until this this lake it's a clear lake there's no molecules it's all been frozen up so when they what they actually do is they look for signals of emf ratio coming through the other upper stratosphere Mm -hmm. through the van Allen belt and these fire off these doms these doms triangulate that and send it to one of our satellites and our satellite can pinpoint in space where it come from and the telltale sign is a blue flash. However, what they've worked out is there's two flashes. There's a blue flash and there's a white flash. The blue flash is an alien craft entering our dimension and a white flash is one leaving. And they happen every 3.2 minutes. So there's a craft coming so there's into ours. So somebody coming in, in and out. And somebody coming in and out. <laughs> and that's where they believe in the, the wormhole philosophy and the stargates. The other side of obviously the Antarctic is the Stargate phenomenon, where mm-hmm. they believe there's actually gated portals from wormhole portals that are activated from two points in space and time, which also backs up Tesla's and Einstein's theory mm-hmm. of wormhole technology and time travel. So when uh, if even even on TikTok, even in your biggest forum, there is certain aspects of forums that will uh, that teach you. And show you that there's uh, scientific evidence between wormholing way, way back. And we're going wow. not, you know, within our lifetime. We're talking 10, 20 lifetimes ago they were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years ago they were talking about it. Wormhole projections. That's why it's all over our ancient cultures. All these. Makes sense. Right. It all makes sense. 
The, the other thing that it is, the actual machine and technology that they're using now in Antarctic is a blueprint of one that they found in a cave wall in northern Nigeria 300 years ago. How do ago. you know this? Because I've done my research, man. <laughs> I'm coming in with a guy with so much knowledge, I want to make sure I'm up to par, you know? Yeah, wow. No, I, honestly, my, my wife and I are massive into this. My wife's an amazing channeler. Uh, she does channel uh, races. And she took away my skepticism very, very quickly because some of the tongue that she spoke, I recognize it as being star star right. languages or light languages, I think is the common term. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this this is weird. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I, I, I started to really embrace it. I was one of them skeptics. Like you, I'm a very logical, scientifically minded guy. I want the science behind it, but yeah. I have an open mind about all variations of, you know, interstellar, interdimensional of travel. Of course. So I have all that depth too. The other thing that uh, I find really overpowering was there's more evidence for than there is against. Yeah, but people will always just go to what is against. Like if mm-hmm. you tell them, they'll be like, oh, no, because this, this and that. Right. They don't want to challenge their own internal belief systems yeah. because then they have to recalculate and they don't want to do that. People do not like having what they know challenged, especially like getting to know how. People don't understand how advanced these ETs are, but how they don't know everything as well. So when you look into extraterrestrials, especially people that have astral projected and they went out to other planets, people that didn't even think astral projection was real. Mm -hmm. And then they go out and they're like, whoa, it actually is real. And I'm telling you guys right now, I didn't believe and now it's real. She went to this alien planet and she said they were like these really tall, uh, light skinned beings. And but they could see her. So she was on the planet and she's walking around and everybody's looking at her like she's mad. They're all like, ew, like gross. Like what is a human doing here? Mm-hmm. And then she went into this classroom and she asked them, she's like, can you show me my guides? And they were whispering amongst each other. They were like, oh, but she's not ready. She's not ready. And they were like, okay, go home, <laughs> go home. And we can't, we can't help you with that. And then she went back and then she's like, whoa, these beings were like, giant eyes and she said some looked asian right that's why she said she felt so comfortable she's like oh the one looked asian so i want to talk to it and the fact that you know they understand this stuff and they could see like they're all clairvoyant so they could all see but if you ask about the universe to them and you ask ets about what it is they're gonna say yeah it's alive like you know Mm -hmm. we're living in a giant cosmic being yeah. Just like your cells are conscious and they're working. Yeah, I, I heard there was a docu- uh, there was a report from uh, a kid in Russia who he done uh, a matter of, well, I'm going to say an esoteric practice called uh, the practice of the seven keys, mm-hmm. which actually allows you to connect with the divine on a molecular level. So yeah. it's like quantum connection. And they said the same thing that every cell in your body represents a cell within the consciousness of the universe. So it's just not our third eye or or IPT or solar plexus or these chakra points that we're so associated are very cells contain the information of connection. And if we get over the fact that it's only parts of our body instead of all of our body being an energetic being, Mm -hmm. because we all, uh, we can't agree. We all emit a light source. It's an ultraviolet light source. It's called an EMF field or an aura field. It has seven bodies that's within that. Yep. Each of them seven bodies have 110 layers. Mm -hmm. And each of them 110 layers have 1.6 billion different cells. Yep. So all of these cells are all communicating. The only thing is, and this is where I'm going to sound a wee bit controversial. We have been brave how would you say brainwashed from a very early state 
in order to believe that we don't have the power within ourselves for this connection we have to go through say conformity of religion or conformity of society in order to be allowed that privilege of and practice. they've done that on purpose right. because anyhow you figure that out like if you figure out how connected you are to the universe and how real the universe is you're gonna they're gonna lose all their power exactly and it's power it's it's man's it's all power it's all man's great here's another philosophy i just or well ideology that i heard recently i just want to throw it by and see what you think um ETs or non-Terrans. We're going to. I'm going to use that term because I, like that. I don't like alien because alien like is something that, that we don't know, and we have loads of alien uh, insects, beasts, fish that we haven't investigated yet. So that yeah. would be classified alien, but non-Terran, not not of this planet. Um, the non-Terrans are actually us, more advanced in the future. I heard about some of those, so I know there are some that are like that. Um, my research so far, I haven't come across all of them being like that, but I know some, because I know about these beings called the Sasani, who, mm -hmm. are, they come in like these triangular ships, which I see all the time. Mm -hmm. And How many do you see? Because a lot of people don't believe this, but honestly, there's a lot of photographic evidence. Yeah. Technology is so easy. We can stop it on our phone. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, now, here's, here's where I'm going to call flop. See the people that say, oh, I seen a craft and they're... It's blurry and it's shaking. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's bullshit because the technology is so advanced right now that you can put your phone and it will capture it perfectly. Yeah. So if you're going to shake it and you're going to blur it out, you're, you're faking it. You're doing it for fame. If it looks like it was recorded on a flip phone, it's uh, very real. Yeah. Nokia 8310s <laughs> are good. We find evidence of that for 10,000 years ago. But come on, people. Yeah, you, you really. Can't, you, can't, you can't mix this up. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. The technology is way too good right now, so stop that bullshit. Yes. So how many have you seen? I've, I've seen a few different shapes, personally. Um, again, my, my logical mind said, did I really see that? Yeah. But I know I've seen uh, two or three. I actually tried the CE5 protocol from Dr. Steve. How did Greer. that work for that you? amazing. <laughs> we're going to do a group one in here some night. Definitely come down for that. Yeah. So we're going to do a CE5. Uh, CE5, just for people who need to understand it, mm -hmm. there's uh, four major variations of contact. It's uh, visual contact um, and right up to what's called CE5, which is human-initiated contact. Mm -hmm. It's triangulation of our point through consciousness out into the universe. Mm -hmm. Any uh, non-Terrans that are there can actually latch on that and triangulate into it and there's so much evidence about that yes. Steve, dr Stephen greer does some amazing work him, i love him, him and uh, billy carson as well with the ancient egyptians yes. two amazing people to look into because it's no fluff mm -hmm. no they for real for real well, yeah billy carson's a doctor he's yeah a, he's an astrophysicist and then you've got Stephen greer who's actually a medical doctor mm -hmm. so these guys are the more the most skeptical guys on the planet and they're coming out and saying all this stuff mm -hmm. So you have the undisclosed uh, and the unacknowledged uh, variations. All this information's right there. The problem is people, I think people are scared. I think <laughs> they're more scared of themselves yes. and their insignificance in comparison. But but you have to get through that because exactly. I had to go through that and it was so scary realizing how much power I really had. So I have come across, um, what's it called? Uh, like those spaceships you were saying? Yeah. I have come across one in astral projection after I did the CE5. And then I did come across another one um, in a dream. Like, they come in my dreams sometimes. Yeah, it's dream They space, pop yeah. in and they pop out. In the astral projection, it was so real. They came. I think they actually might have taken me on their ship because I went outside and legit, I went out and then 
um, I looked up and I thought it was real life. I was like, whoa, I'm seeing a spaceship in real life, right? Mm -hmm. And I was so amazed and I got so excited. I popped back in my bedroom and I was like, wait, that wasn't real. And I was like, I was touching, like everything was so much real. Mm -hmm. And then later on, this is after all the CE5, I kept coming across these weird people. And this is after I've been doing all my alien research. And this is where you were talking about, you know, overanalyzing and being like, was it real? Was it real? Mm -hmm. Because the first time I went to, I don't know if I told you this story yet, but I went to a place, what was it? It was Home Depot. Yeah. And, you know, just an average run and went in and went out. And then I felt this energy beside me that he was like this super powerful, like the only word I could say was like galactic, like alien energy. Mm-hmm. And so, so just describe the energy for people who may be going through it and not going. How did it make you feel? Where did it make you? Did it, you know, was it a buzz over the body? Was it a, like a pulse and coming through? Because a lot of people experience this and they don't really. Oh, like understand. what it actually feels yeah. like. What does it feel oh. like on the human existence, not on the consciousness level? To I'm me, not, this is actually, this is asking like, what is nine plus 10? But like, oh. it felt like, it just felt like, you know, when you have like heat coming at you, yeah. like when there's a heater and it's like pulsing at you, it feels like that, but you feel different types. So it'll be like hot, cold, but it's like communicating information to you. Okay. So you feel it and then it may you feel this hot energy beside you, but that hot energy is like telling you something. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, and you just have this understanding. So that's what energy reading feels like. Yeah. But I saw this guy and I looked over and I was like, why is this energy so big and powerful Mm -hmm. and i look over and there's this tall white guy he was like so tall and so white and blonde and so handsome and i look over and he gave me this little smirk right he he was he just gave me the little smirk and then walked away and i was like who like what did you just look at me like that for right and i was like i was so amazed Mm -hmm. and i asked my mom i was like did you see that guy she's like what guy yeah i was like that guy that was standing right there you didn't see she's like what guy but I always told her how that changed my life that moment. I don't understand why. And it happened again when I went to the mall, but it was this lady and she was tall again, blonde, pretty, and her energy was the same as that guy's. Mm -hmm. So right when I walked by her, I was like that familiar energy. And she gave me that same smirk and then walked away. And I was like, after all this research, I was like, okay, I think it has something to do with like Nordic beings. Yeah, it is. Definitely around Mm -hmm. there. It's the high Nordics, yeah. But I, I thought it was so cool how they gave me that smirk. Like, we recognized each other, mm-hmm. and they kept going. Well, that's the thing. You know, if we look at our human incarnation on this planet, a lot of us are star seeds anyway. Yeah. So star seeds recognize their own energies, their, our own vibrations, our own star seeds. So uh, when you look at Nordics, that means, and they recognize that, that's a part of your star seed makeup. Mm-hmm. Because think of it like our own genealogy. You know, you could have African, or you could have Egyptian, or you could have North American, or you could have European aspects to your bloodline mm-hmm. star seeds have the same so we automatically assume oh well i'm lemurian but whereabouts in lemuria yeah you know is it the nordic section of lemuria because you have to remember this is multi-galactical mm-hmm. so it's just not like earth where one two humans <laughs> and then whatever's integrating within the human well, and people also think that ets are gonna look way different than us no i'm like okay there are some, there's like tree people, there's like rock people, mm. all this stuff. Maybe like I heard jellyfish people and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But there is generally they're going to a lot of them, I would say like 85 percent of them look humanoid. Yeah. They have two arms. There's two actually legs. a documentation in that. There's a guy who actually, I know it's going to sound really weird, actually got married to an, uh, a non-Terran. 
What? What was that like? You got to tell me what it oh, was. Oh, yeah. So this guy, he, he was a part of the SSP. He was a part of the secret space program for NASA. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, an elite part of the secret, what do you call it, Navy SEALs. So he was kind of like the guy who went to these places as bodyguards for any ambassadors that were coming uh, off the planet or to the planet. And this was based on the Mars base, not mm-hmm. on the lunar base. I'm going to say them two terms because they are very real and there's plenty of documentation for both. Yep. So the, the, the Mars base has this area in it. It's a kilometer long, t- a kilometer wide, and a kilometer high. And that's to accommodate some of the beings that actually come on to it because they are that wide and big. What? Okay. But one of these ladies, uh, or one of the, this guy met one of these ambassadors. He was a prince from uh, a really far out planet. I think it was like XB-37. Don't quote me on that, folks. But I think it's like something like a XB-37. It's way out. Mm-hmm. It's like say, in the next galaxy. Um, they were there on an ambassador. And th- he would have to sit down and escort them to a table and start interaction. So it's basically like, hey, Cash, I, I see you've got really nice crystals. Can you trade me your crystals? I'll trade you my knowledge. So it starts at like a tree going bit on mm-hmm. the way. But um, something happened. I can't remember what it was. Something happened, uh, and this ambassador, this prince, had to be removed, and he saved the prince's daughter, mm-hmm. and he ended up marrying this girl. Now, here's where it gets freaky. He went through in a full lifetime. Th- he he done what's called a, tw- a 20 and out series. So he was basically genetically modified from birth, this, this SSP guy to go here to perform this role and then they have a way of transporting the consciousness from his body into a clone body that they made at birth that has the same uh, genetic makeup and they transfer the consciousness back into the body at the exact moment that the body was transferred so, so he, he, he went outside that's good that's i got really deep really fast so let's let's just defluff that take a breath <laughs> he had a, he had an ex- he had an experience, he had a sighting. That's uh, C or C four sighting. Mm-hmm. He was taken from his front yard when he was three years old. Yeah, they created a clone. That clone was kept in lunar base and grew naturally. Mm-hmm. Okay, over the years. So he was taken there, trained into being an SSP um, secret. Uh, a s- well, basically, a, a secret Delta squad mm-hmm. uh, for training missions in Mars. Numerous different things on different reports. Lie detectors to prove he was telling the truth. Just want to point that out. I like uh, that. Truth serums. Uh, all government issued truth serums to prove that he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And he passed everything with flying colors. Went there, done his tour, married this woman, then died. His consciousness was taken at the moment of death transported into his clone and he was returned back to earth 15 minutes after he left with the same body that he left in but a different consciousness it was crazy i i literally sat for two hours and my mouth dropped what is this guy's name because this feels so familiar his name that's the problem i wish it could because he was a captain before somewhere yeah but then he was actually dealing with draconians and fighting off uh, uh, a very aggressive reptile, r- reptile race. Okay. He was the one we were talking off mic about the different color eyes determine the different uh, allegiances with us uh, being uh, the Terrans. I'm going to, we're Terrans because we're from Earth. Earth mm-hmm. is known as Terra. I'm going to use the proper terminology here, folks. Yeah. 
So uh, red eyes, uh, repti reptoids are ones that are our alliance and actually help us fight. Yeah. And yellow ones are our enemies. Now, can you describe to people what they look like? Because I know what I know what a bunch of them look like, but what are the ones that you see that you know? So that one? literally, what? So the, these particular race, okay, they are a form of draconian, but mm -hmm. they're called Trasa draconians, and Trasa draconians uh, have the DNA splicing of a Velociraptor head with human DNA. So they walk on their back feet. I've, they I know have the tail. They do have the velociraptic type of head, but their eye color determines their consciousness. Um, the ones I know of that look exactly like that, they're called dinosaurians mm -hmm. or something like, okay. So they're triadraconians. Mm -hmm. That's their proper term. I know those ones are negative, right? From what I've heard. Uh, no, depending on the eye color, depending oh, how much uh, right. human DNA has been spliced into their DNA codons, mm -hmm. depends on their eye color, therefore depends on what they actually are friendly, because they have what's called creator syndrome. Mm. They're created from here, because they come from here, so they support us because they are originally their original DNA ancestry yeah. comes from Earth, so they support Earth. I heard about that, I didn't know if I fully believed that yet. Yeah, there's documentation to prove it. There's literally, uh, it was really. I know we were created with reptilian DNA, yeah. but I wasn't quite sure about because what I know about the reptilians so far, everything I've researched in them, I've researched their like their system and like how they live. Like I know at the top they have, um, I forget what they're called. I think they're called like something dragon, but they're mm -hmm. like dragons basically, and mm -hmm. they have like big wings. And I've seen what was the movie i watched me and my mom watched the movie and i saw them and i was like that's exactly what they look like mm -hmm. um maybe i'll remember it after but they're just huge beings with tall big wings do you remember the big uh or one kilometer by one kilometer station hand i was just telling you about it was that's to accommodate them. them it was to accommodate the, the the hierarchy the the dragon princes yes that's what and they're, they're called huge. They're yeah. huge yeah i love how like things are lining up here wow yeah. so yeah a lot of that stuff um but here's the funny thing. A lot of them races are un under our own crust. Like they're here. They're in our own crust. Mm -hmm. So um, I heard they're in tunnels, but I didn't know about Agartha. I was like, I don't think it's Agartha, but no, I know so they're in tunnels. The, there, there is underneath every major city, and we're going to get into this too. This is going to be the science part that we, we're going to love. Um, every, under every major city is, a, is caves or... Uh, think of a sewer system. So if you look at the New York sewers, our sewer system, it's always full of water and always going through. So that was the original pathways into the deeper caverns. So the average uh, the average entry point to what you would classify as Agartha or the subterranean world is 15 kilometers from the, the surface. And mm -hmm. that's why you always find it staggered. You find them under the, all the major pyramids. You find them under uh, Machu Picchu. It's always staggered to go down into the Earth's crust. And wow. as you get deeper, you go through different races because different races can acclimatize differently. Oh, so I like that. So that well, when you go down, say, two kilometers, you'll have a certain being or race, non-Terran, because their lung capacity can hold that if they go any too deeper because their lung capacity isn't as deep. Could be gills, could be lungs. So we're not, you know, point being very, very technical here. Mm -hmm. But their lung capacity has the ability to to filter out more human genomes and more human germs. So they actually live closer to the surface, and that's the likes of the Nordics, 
um, some of the the older Lemurians, Palladian races, the the light places, the more humanoid ones, mm-hmm. who are just beneath it. Funny thing, one of the races that are in there look like dwarfs, and we have so I much about history dwarves. about dwarfs yep. right through our folklore mythology. Yeah, just saying. Lord of the Rings, not so fake. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a multi-dimensional being that actually has the ability to slip between dimensions. Yeah, and it's funny because Hollywood's starting to really push it up. Think of Lord of the Rings. Think of uh, Game of Thrones. Think of uh, what was the other one? Uh, Avengers Endgame, where the same guy from yeah. Game of Thrones was making the the, the Stormbreaker. Yeah. Stormbreaker. Yeah, that was random. But anyway, <laughs> we're 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 being subliminally cured to that because they are there and they're it's getting to a stage where they're going to come out dots are connecting for me a lot <laughs> when you're talking about the different layers because i knew of agartha and then i knew there was some reptilians that were in the ground in caves but i didn't understand how that fully worked mm-hmm. so now hearing all this you're definitely connecting dots yeah for me. so it's a, it's a lot of uh, layered cleared cave systems and they all work now here's the other side of it this is where i'm going to blow your mind a little right <laughs> just a little I was watching a documentary. Actually, it was my wife was watching it and forced me to watch it. And I was like, oh, my God, when mm-hmm. I actually seen it. Some parts of the documentary I dismissed as being fluff very, very quickly. You know, I like my evidence. There wasn't enough evidence to support it. But there is enough evidence to support this next section that I'm going to throw upon you. Right. Each of these races have a specific technology that allows them to create non uh, or how would you say renewable sources? So yeah. non-fossilized sources. Mm-hmm. Now, we have moments and places of that all over the planet. We don't even realize it. And they're hidden in plain sight. Don't think of pyramids here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever... I'm just going to give you a random question. On your journey in, did you ever... Did you pass a church or a temple with a green roof? Yeah. Green roofs signify high copper or iron content, which are conductors of ether. Ether is ionic energy. Interesting. You look where that is. It's either in a dome, mm-hmm. or it's in a pent uh, or a pentagon, or not a pentagon, a pentagram. Mm-hmm. These pentagrams, if you go into that church, all have recesses in it, and that's for what's called ionic trescendence. So as the ether hits the top, it connects it as a as a conduit, and literally filters down in it to create a renewable energy source, and it's activated through vibration Bro. and sound. So if you think, if you go into a church, if you go into a mosque, you go into a temple and you sing, it's got a beautiful sounding resonance. Yeah. That resonance, is there used to be a piece of technology that the ancients had in there, which was basically uh, copper wrapped with uh, what we would classify as a generator right now with uh, reverse polarity magnets. Mm -hmm. And as the sound came in, it hit these identical recesses and rotated this and created renewable energy. That's where Tesla got his blueprint from, not from divine or from thought, from actually looking at what was all existingly there and what was missing. Wow. Now, the flip side of that is each of them races or each of them, how would you say, religious conformity. So think of Hindus, think of that. Well, Hindus, let's, let's just look at Hindus. Mm-hmm. Hindus have uh, a variation of gods called the Blue River. The river, the blue, or the blue gods of the river. Think of Shiva. Yeah, I'm, I'm just keep looking at Neil here because this is his feeling. I don't want to upset him because he's a Hindu priest. So, even though I probably know more than he does. Sorry. What a joke, bro. I love you. Um, so, the, the, the Shiva or the uh, river gods are blue. 
Blue avians were in that region at the time. Blue avians come mm-hmm. from Jupiter. Yeah. Oh, they do? They're Jupiter. They're from Jupiter. The blue avians are from Jupiter. I didn't hear about that Because yet. if you look at the teachings of the likes of Shiva, Jupiter is one of the major planets associated with it. Interesting. That's why they call it the Guru. Yeah. <gasps> Interesting. Right? Wow. So now you're literally thinking, oh, well, let's put two and two together. What other religions is like that? Yeah. So if you look at Buddhist religion, they have the same. The gold Buddha. You mentioned the gold-plated lyrans. Yeah. And one of the faces of Buddha is actually a tiger or a lion. See, that brings us right to how all the gods, almost all of them, any religion, are all just extraterrestrials. Exactly. It really, that's it's all It's it weird, right? But what it also makes us realize on a very deep level, on a very, very deep level, is everything on the planet isn't there for as long as you think it was there was photographic evidence i'm going to say this because it's called uh, it's called resets now i'm sure you've heard about the great resets you're hearing about all these different resets the resets of consciousness raisins consciousness which i think folks is about time bloody happened because we've been you know blindfolded and blind masked for way too long our Mm -hmm. consciousness is our key to existence and expansion as a community and as as a global entity we need to expand our consciousness we're waking up largely already well, yeah it's happening we're getting forced to do it yeah. i think covid actually helped i hate it that did. term but i think covid actually helped it forced people to deal with their crap in isolation so then they become better people coming out yes it affected a lot of people other people learned from that experience and got i definitely it. needed it i learned a lot and a lot of my friends are now like they're all into ets and mm-hmm. like they, but they don't come out and say it they're like they're like down low low key yeah so they'll come to me and they'll be like hey can you tell me more about the moon and like the ets there mm-hmm. and but if you go and tell them in person right and they're all with their homies they're like oh get that out of here right get that mm-hmm. out of here so but it is but again it's a still a taboo that's there because it's been it's, uh, on my belief, a fantastic spin doctoring by NASA and the, the U.S. Army or the U.S. Air Force where they spin doctored the shit out of stuff. So people, they made everything a joke even though it wasn't a joke. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So They made everything mm-hmm. a joke. There's so much evidence to prove that. Again, Dr. Steve Greer does a massive thing where they actually have certain people coming out and or what's the term they use whistleblowers yeah whistleblowers so the whistleblowers are coming out and they're actually saying this and they're actually saying you know we literally put this in the news to f- make it jokeable so people wouldn't investigate it sometimes it's easier to joke about it than actually to dismiss that it's there and that's why they put it in movies because then if you come across it they'll be like oh well it was in the movie so exactly my point so what, what i'm trying to what the whole reason i'm saying this is if you actually look at the documentation in the early 19th century, which is, well, sorry, the late 19th century, between 1880 and 1896, mm-hmm. there's photographic evidence of these machines working. Mm-hmm. So we believe that all these entities left 2,000, 3,000 years ago. But there's photographic evidence. Now, think about that. Photographic evidence. When we didn't have technically have photographs. Mm-hmm. And there was video evidence of people literally standing on the sidewalk going up and down in escalators. Like it was an es- it was like a moving sidewalk. And that's from the eighteen hundred or the late eighteen hundreds. Then now let's look into that. Yeah, that's a mind blower. <laughs> I was like uh, see you see your expression right now? For the record is literal as jaw hit the floor there. Yo. <laughs> but in that time we had a transition and we had the first major crash where we learnt about our non turns. The other side of that is, 
every 2,500 years, we know about this planet coming in. We've mm-hmm. already discussed that. But there's a reset on the Earth too. That's why if you look back, when this planet hits, we get massive multiple or multiple different natural disasters. We get tectonic sh- or plate movements, plus we get higher floods. There has been more than one flood. There's geological evidence to prove we've had 40 or 50 massive... I there was just one, and that goes to Enki and Enlil. No, there's been... There's geological proof to say we've had 40 or 50 over a consistency of over, you know, I think it's, they said, like 1.2 million years. Oh, Every two and a half... I heard about that then, yeah. Two and a half thousand years, we have this thing. This is the planet coming in and messing up Co- our natural <laughs> or, or orbit, right? Yo. But here's what it does. It resets it and buries it under layers of mud. Mm-hmm. That's why... Uh, in this last 20 years, we've had a Nokia phone that's embedded in coal from 10,000 years ago. We had Adidas shoes that was embedded in coal from 2,500 years ago. They had a steel hammer from over 600,000 years ago embedded in a rock. That happened in London, England. All this evidence proves that the every time that comes in, we go through a reset. But it's also a reset of the planet's resources where it re-nourishes itself through mud and regrows. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm just watching his face, guys. He's just like, I've just watched a brain explode in my head. I'm recalculating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? But here's the other thing. Just as a random side note to that, you know we love rabbit holes. If you actually look at that on a baseline, it proves that our carbon dating doesn't mean shit. Really? Who invented carbon dating? I don't know. I'm going to research that. I have a computer beside me, folks. I'm just going to go. Who invented carbon dating? You can hear me clicking here. Uh, I think it was actually the US government. So, are you saying that we would get to a point where we would get so advanced that we would then just reset because then the flood would come, reset everything, and then we would like. 1946. Carbon dating was uh, proposed uh, dating organic measurement by measuring the content of carbon 14. Uh, which was newly discovered radioactive isotope of carbon. And that was done by Willard Lil or Libby. And he was from the Grand Valley in the United States. So, yeah, the U.S. government invented carbon dating. Jeez. So we base our entire archaeological thing off carbon dating based but on it doesn't carbon, make no sense. Four, carbon 14. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make no sense. Though. It makes absolutely no sense. And that's my whole point. How much have we been lying to? Yeah. How much is, how much has been so overpowered? They know, bruh, The government basically knows everything already. They know <laughs> everything. If you go to them and be like, whatever, and you tell them something, be like, "Oh, is this real?" Like, especially the moon or whatever. Is the moon hollow? They'll be like, "Yeah, we already know." Like, it's like, it's like asking someone what's two plus two. They're like, yeah, like we know about this being real, whatever. But again, they can't tell people. Well, why can they not tell? That's the bit that really bugs me. Like these people are paid by us, whether by our taxpayers' money, right? This is where I get frustrated. These guys are spending trillions of dollars in secret or dark ops or black ops and secret space programs. Why the hell am I not being told? Because they're it's planetary leadership. So they understand that they control the planet. They have ETs coming here, talking to them, and they have documentation of this. And they're like, okay, well, look, so, you know, your people need to awaken. Your people need to do this. You need to help with this. And they're like, the humans are like, okay, well, we will, but this and that. So they have ETs coming and visiting, Mm -hmm. like, U.S. governments, governments everywhere, 
because they are the planetary leaders. So they are leading our planet and they are aware of that. You already know humans are very egotistical oh, yeah. and they understand mm -hmm. that, okay, we are basically like the kings and queens of this planet. So we have to lead our people. So uh, look at it like this. Imagine if we were the planetary leaders of Earth. And we knew that people weren't aware of all the stuff going on. We would definitely make these secret things to, you know, lead our planet and mm -hmm. to make sure things go right. And of course, there's morals like they're like, okay, well, we don't want our people knowing they want, they still want that power. And there's, of course, reptilian involvement. There's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of that involved. Yeah, so there's, so there's a lot of documentation to say that yeah. they have planted people through it every I'm still government. trying to work out that fully, but there's mm -hmm. definitely some sort of infiltration there. Um, but it all comes down to power and planetary leadership. So they want to lead us and lead the planet, but people are fighting for that. They want to be like the ones, that's what they want. One world government. Mm -hmm. So they could just lead the planet in one snap of a finger. And I wouldn't mind it. You know, that doesn't actually, I don't mind it either. that doesn't actually bother me that there is representatives there. What's bothering me is the fact that if we, if we look at that, you know, these secret space programs and all these, uh, documentations and patents that are filed with the U S government, you can actually go and find them. There's, certain patents for certain um, devices these devices could stop the use of fossilization on fossil fuels mm -hmm. and damaging our things and that's yep. the bit that frustrates me if you're going to represent uh, me uh, in the galactical forum mm -hmm. at least give me the technology that's going to make my home which is terra earth right now a better place where I can live and my kids and my kids' kids can See, live. It's just bad leadership. If we had proper leaders, one more government would be amazing. At the end, we need a one more government. But we don't have enough people who are focused. They want to keep people ignorant. They mm -hmm. want to do that. I agree we with all that. know this. But again, it's all power. And when you look at even celebrities, I've talked to a few of them. Like I have planned to talk to uh, Jenny McCarthy mm -hmm. um, and I've talked to one guy I forget what his name is he's a black guy he's got like five million followers and he followed me and a lot of course a lot of these celebrities I f we follow each other and we watch each other's stuff but this guy a lot of them whenever I talk to them they can't announce that they're into consciousness or chakras energy mm -hmm. because they're not allowed to so it goes like this when someone when a new celebrity comes out the government goes to them and offers them and says, okay, if you, do you want to be famous? Do you want to have a lot of money? And of course they're like, yeah, like I want to be rich. And they're like, okay, well you can know the truth. We'll tell you everything, but you cannot tell people. So almost all celebrities know about aliens and the planetary, what's going on in the planet. See, we think planetary here, mm -hmm. but normal average humans don't. Yeah. So us, we see the bigger picture. These celebrities, they see the bigger picture too but they're not allowed to tell. And a lot of them, like, I'll talk to them, I'll be like, hey, so I see you're into spirituality, right? And he's like, how'd you know that? And I was like, I was, and I was gonna say, cause you follow me, but I was gonna be like, I just told him, cause I, I know these things, right? And mm -hmm. I tapped my third eye, I was like, cause I know. And he's like, okay, well, and then he changed the subject to talk about hair, cause he has locks too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, and I tried to bring that it back. just shows the government NDA, do yeah. not disclose, right? And I tried to bring it back, and I was like, yeah, so all this and that, and he's like, anyways, and goes back to hair, so he's really purposely avoiding it, even though he knows, and it, like, you could see the fear in his eyes, mm -hmm. so they're not allowed to tell, but they can know it all. They're promised riches, fame, but if you tell Planetary, like, do you know of, um, I think his name is NLE Choppa. Yep. So, I think it was him, he went to jail but before he went to jail he talked about chakras and he made music and rap about all of this mm -hmm. and then he went to jail 
and then he came out and all of a sudden he stopped. It was the same with Dorian Virtue. Okay. Dorian Virtue is one of the most common names within the the metaphysical spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Angel cards, oracle cards. And he just stopped. No, she she, she literally was approached, was paid off, and she renounced everything she ever done. So now it's virtually impossible to get her stuff. So you see, so like you can't deny the fact that they all know this, you mm-hmm. know, we see it, and the government's purposely saying, no, like, cut that off. So, and I was wondering for me, like, are they going to come to me? Like, what's going to happen with me? Maybe they're going to try and, like, take down my page somehow. I don't know, but all the people I know that are into this, things are going pretty good. Like, I know my one friend, um, she had, like, a, I think it was a CIA agent follow her mm-hmm. one time, and she talked to me about it. She was like, it was really scary. It was really weird. But other than that, I haven't seen any... Buddy watching me or anything I think it's like because that. it's becoming a wee bit so mainstream. There's so much evidence and data That's out there thinking. that they can't really pinpoint any person. So, you know, like like yourself and like like me, I, I'm I look at this stuff and this is stuff that any person with an internet connection and a good bit of passion and drive can mm-hmm. research. Yeah, you know, this is all done as you say. I'm doing my research. I do mine too. We're very like that. We like to know the source of our information. We want to know if it's authentic. But any person can do that. And that's only because the internet. And that's why I think a lot of these uh, government bills about censoring the inter- or the information that comes through yeah. is now being suppressed because it's got the stage now. Information is so freely given and freely shared um, that they have to suppress it sometimes. Yeah. So the, what was it with Bill Eleven or something yeah. they they done in the, the Canadian Parliament? I heard about Bill Eleven. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, so <gasps> they can actually say what you can search and what you can't search. They're trying to get that passed on the low key. See, they're ch- they're trying to get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to get through it. But no matter what, the the ripples are too large now. So too many people are into it that it's spreading out. Next thing you know, everybody's like basic knowledge. Everybody's gonna be like, yeah, ETs are real. We know. Mm-hmm. We just waiting for them to come down. Whatever. Like, when do you think that's gonna happen? Because there is dates that actually signify it. Just saying. I tell whenever my followers ask <laughs> me, I always tell people the least like ten years. Okay. And then the max I told them it's obviously going to be in this next fifty to a hundred years. But I told them watch within five to ten years, more of this ET stuff is going to start coming around. Twenty twenty four. 2024. I heard that date um, for the Anunnaki return. It's the 177th day, which works out at the 26th of June, 2024. If you go through all the research of all the ancient scripts, you all say that the returns of the higher 2024. powers 2024, June 26th. But I heard 2022 and 2024. Well, I think this is when we're going to start to get more revelations this year. Okay. Towards That's the end it. of the year, you know, mm-hmm. August, uh, uh, I think it's August 18 and 22nd was penned because they're, they're what's called pre-information. Oh. So that's where we're going to have mass uh, subliminal messaging. And you're already seeing it. Right? <laughs> you're already <laughs> seeing it. Like that Moonfall movie, I was like, whoa. Because they offered me a brand deal with that one. They're like, oh, if you if you shut us out, we'll give you some money, right? And I was like, okay. And they let me watch it like before it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was watching. And I was like, yo. Like they're Where the hell are you getting all these brand deals, bro? Sort me out. Hook me <laughs> up. Bro, they just I'm a little old man in a little old shop and... In downtown Oakville, and we get no help. That was my first brand deal. They were just like, oh, shout out, it was Lionsgate. And I was like, okay. So I did, and I made a whole skit. They wanted a whole script and everything, so I did it. And But I watched the movie before. Me and my whole family, were, I was like, do you guys want to watch the movie early? And they were like, yeah, of course. So we sat oh, down. Oh, you know you're hooking up me up for the next one. 
Of course. We're, 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 we're going to hook up. <laughs> of course. Don't worry. And I was watching the TV and I'm like, I was looking like my face dropped. So the first time I was watching it like this and I was like, oh, shoot. Like this movie isn't a joke. Yeah. Like you just see they're talking about the hollow moon. Of course, they're putting in facts that we talk about. They're like, oh, did you know it rang like a bell? And yeah. I was like, like yeah, we know this. That. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And they were, he was telling kids this in the movie. And I was like, okay, this movie is not playing games right now. I actually really enjoyed that movie. Oh, I watched it and I was like, it? yeah, that that feels real to me. Every time, the more, the further the movie went, I was like, yo, yo. And everybody watching, they're all like, what is this? Right? But me and my mom were like, yo, yo, we're so hyped in the living room. Yeah, because it, the facts that they put into that movie yes. was accurate. <laughs> and it's literally from NASA documentation, from black box and yeah. yellow or orange box variances Don't from the, forget. I think it was, what was the Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 landers. Mm-hmm. So it was all there. Like. Yeah. All of the, all the That's information. That's what I loved there. about it, especially when mm-hmm. they got to interact. Oh, I shouldn't even spoil it. But there is ET involvement, but it's not really like, you don't really see the ETs. Well, uh, it's like Captain uh, Marvel uh, when, you know, in Captain Marvel, where yeah. it's, where it's like the alien, but they're in like a holographic, like they present themselves yeah. holographic way. It's like that. It's the AI. And that's why we're getting so much more advanced with AI. Mm-hmm. Because we now have that technology, right? Yeah. And we've been getting all that alien technology, which have you ever wondered why our technologies evolved so quick? Well, after the second, well, what they'll say is after uh, Roswell. So the unofficial official Roswell mm-hmm. uh, was what? Uh, 1949, I think it was. Um, 47, 49. Eh, what's two years between France? But anyway, <laughs> after that, we had massive jumps. We had acrylic, we had Wi-Fi, we had microwave, we had all these different things. Like A lot of people don't realize that everything that they're using in their modern day life now has jumped <laughs> in centuries within a short period of time. And what we're using now, yeah, they had before. Mm-hmm. They, they're just now like giving it out to us. They're like, okay, here, you can have this. Yeah, it's so the, the technology they have now is way more advanced than what we have, just like in 1950s, right? 1950s, they had touch screens, stuff mm-hmm. like that, but they didn't give it out yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fascinating. One of, the, one of the things that I find fascinating, because I used to be in the computer business, Oh yeah, is the uh, is the fact that a lot of the uh, even if you go through, you know, the, the Far East, their technology is about eight years ahead of ours. So if you buy a brand new PC or a, a PC component right now, so say like a graphics card, everybody wants to game and all these great graphics cards. Mm-hmm. You're buying a product that the Far East had eight years ago, and have wow. tested it to the point that they have it perfect for the Europe, the uh, American and European markets. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, talking to one gentleman online. This guy blew my mind. He's like an old guy. And I got into a random forum and a random chat with him. And he just went, boom, my head just exploded. He goes, bro, you you only think you know. And I was like, no, but I want to know, so teach me. He said one line and it just totally wrecked (laughs) my entire life. I'm like, and he goes, do you realize this is a hologram version of you? from 10,000 years ago. And I went, what? I went, what? And he goes, yeah. He says, if you believe in the matrix theory, you're actually living a hologram version of yourself from 10,000 years ago. How does that work? So Pre-sentient consciousness, he called it. So we have the sentience and the consciousness within ourselves, but we're an AI, individual AIs that's connected to the divine matrix. And we are going through that. That's why we can skip through programming or dimensions. That's what he said to me. It blew my mind. Now, so how much validity is in that? Well, I've this guy claims that he was an uh, ancient Arcturian. Lot of mercy. 
And I was like, well, okay, I know the Acturians. <laughs> I know that they were highly advanced. I know that they were known as the creator race. And now this guy who claims to be Arcturian is telling me this, and it literally made my mouth drop. I'm like, <laughs> right, so I, do I believe in the consciousness theory? Do I believe in the, the physical dimension theory? Or do I f believe in the hologram theory? See, I was having a play with in the Matrix. Oh, what? Glitches in the Matrix. I heard about that too, but what Look at the amount of videos. That? Look at the amount of videos where people just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Have you seen them? No, actually, Bro. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, there's there, there's a couple of ones that um, uh, you can find them on YouTube. It's basically people appear out of nowhere, so they're walking and it looks like they're time traveling into this dimension, but mm -hmm. it's actually a glitch. Uh, there's another one that was really freaky. It happened downtown Japan. Why does ever all the cool stuff happen in Japan? Like God, <laughs> it's Godzilla, true. Godzilla and shit like that. Yeah. yeah, crazy. But anyway, there was this these these line of cars just stopped and started lifting off the air and then sat back down. Wow, like some levitation joint. Yeah, but apparently it was a glitch in the Matrix. They hit a wall in the programming that says you can't go any further. I think Freaky it's a stuff. mix of everything. I so agree. There is a lot of consciousness involved. Like we are conscious. This is the thing where I talked about my hyper awareness, mm -hmm. which is scary sometimes. Even like anywhere I go, it's scary because I'm like, I'm in this body. Like I'm aware of myself in a way that other people aren't. And it always scared me but i always asked the spirit why and it was like you need this mm -hmm. so i was always like okay i'm in this body but like i'm in this world like what makes that painting what makes everything here and like why am Sound i vibration like, <laughs> and so now i know it's like vibration frequency and all of that right but i semantics but I kept wondering what is all that? And I know consciousness is involved, like we are souls, mm -hmm. but then also I've been hearing about this matrix where you like, everything's holographic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds crazy, but I know there's truth in it somewhere. I just don't. Well, know I think why. the holographic here comes from a, a story about the Syrian greys who actually have uh, a few bases here on Terra mm -hmm. and uh, they use holograms or holographics to actually cover up the entrances heard about that mm -hmm. yeah so you see we hear about a lot of stuff man yes. so that, you know and we're completely different people in our mindsets mm -hmm. just want to point that out we connect in so many different levels yeah. but your research is completely different to mine so that yeah. just proves how obtainable this we're research researching is. at like different we're ends yeah. right and we're connecting okay, cool yeah. and that's the part of it. so here's what we're going to do we're going to do uh we're going to start uh, a, a part two of this we're going to we're going to finish this up for a little second and then we're going to take a part two and we'll probably release this as a two-part thing because I want a couple of hours this with you, bro. Yeah. The next one, I'm going to ask you questions. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally going to put you under the firing line. You have a lot of followers who respect your knowledge. I respect it. Hence why you're here. Like, I reached out to you. You can thank my wife for that. I'm so blessed she did because I, I was like, this dude's that. never going to respond to this little store in Oakville. <laughs> but we connect in so many levels. So my wife actually said, you know, reach out to this guy. You know, he's really got everything that you're interested in. So see if you can connect. So I have to thank my wife for that. Um, but uh, there's a certain amount of things that I want to know that you know. So I'm going to put you in the spot for part two. How about I'm that? I'm actually excited for that. Okay. Well, we'll be back in just a short minute, folks. So just hang with us. So guys, welcome back to part two of this amazing little discussion we're having with Cash and well, Neil's on the sideline and then me are. Mm -hmm. But don't so worry about him. Don't <laughs> worry about Neil. We're just using him for verification for our Hindu references. But basically, we're 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 re-educating each other here, which is amazing. Yeah. So we were talking about something off mic about different planets and where different um, races come from. 
So here's a really good snippet. And I, I know this uh, this piece of information is going to answer a lot of questions for both of you. Okay? So um, there's a lot of cosmic masters. We are aware of that with cosmic consciousness. We call it the Christ consciousness, the Shiva and the Krishna consciousness. And we actually have developed religious ideologies around them. Mm-hmm. So they actually are cosmic energies that are reformed or carnated in avatars we are actually classified as avatar offspring nephilese master jesus and lord buddha were avatars and both came from venus and krishna came from saturn which explains where the vedas it's in the mantra of the vedas yeah so uh, it's actually referred to in the bible and the ancient vedas and the most famous UAP or UA, UFO sighting is actually the Star of Bethlehem, which shows the arrival of the Master Jesus from wow. from Venus. So there's a, there's, <laughs> a, there's a mic drop for you. Now, here's the thing. In 2008, the Vatican's chief astronomer said, just as there's a multiplicity of cultures on Earth, there can be other beings, even intelligent, created by God. This is not in contrast with our faith because we can put limits on God's created freedom. Why can't we speak of brother extraterrestrials? It could be still start of our part of creation. While cosmic mas- masters may at times look like us, or at least broadly similar to us, they think in a completely different non-Terran way. Mm-hmm. The, begin- the beings on our planet and our solar system do not fight and scheme against each other. Murder, theft, racism, greed, cruelty and war are commonplace on Earth, but are entirely alien to non-Terrans. Heard about that. Okay. Their whole look- outlook is one selfless compassion based on understanding of universal oneness and co- cooperation within the natural laws are actually the definitions of God. So... In that little statement, which was released from the Vatican in 2008. Now, that all came from the Vatican. Wow. So that, let's just put that into perspective. One of the most celebrated um, religious conformities actually believe in extraterrestrials. And it was released in 2008. And I guarantee none of you but guys you, have heard you it. can't go out with that because they, they will not let that go out. Do you see how that should be out here? That's but it is out. It was actually released as a statement uh, from the chief astronomer in 2008, but nobody Nobody covers it. it. No, nothing. You don't hear yeah. about it. The whole, the whole variation is um, they, the cosmic masters have provided spiritual truth regarding many aspects of life. You can explore other areas and key areas. Uh, enlightenment service, God and the meaning of life, prayer, energy, the Mother Earth, karma and reincarnation, intuition and psychic powers and spiritual healing. And the service to the universe is the core of their message service is the jewel in the rock of attainment of divine inspiration and that's a quote from mars sector six so cool. what's what is mars sector six i'm looking I know at you're the gonna blank, say something <laughs> blank faces mars sector <laughs> six is the conscious uh the consciousness university that's held on the mars lunar or the mars um collective so there's 2225 uh 225,000 humans who are living on Mars as a breakaway colonization and have been from the early 1900s. Was it the Nazi breakaway? No. Nazis, the one thing that I understand about the Nazis, the Nazis were looking into UFO and UAP technology long before we even thought about it. But they actually were more interested in the Stargate portals and the ascension into what we classify within uh, Christianity as being 
the heaven gate. Oh. So the other term for heaven gate, I want to point this out, is called the lion's gate. And Lion's Gate just released that movie, The Moonfall. <laughs> Yo. Just putting that out there. Yo. So Lions, uh, the Lion's Gate philosophy is a uh, conscious energy that sits in within the Christ consciousness. So it's actually a level of consciousness. Yo, do you see how they like work this little stuff in, mm-hmm. right? And then if you figure it out, then you know. And when you know, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, that just shows you. And there is plenty of stuff being released. Like even... Um, the uh, U.S. government released stuff recently to show about them tracking UAPs over over the Atlantic, uh, oh. and that was dismissed. That was all over the New York Times, and they says, "Oh well, this is fun," and they actually showed two fighter pilots latching onto it. And there's plenty of um, video documentation. The uh, Canadian minister, the defense minister, yeah. came out and actually backed up the uh, the existence of extraterrestrials. Yep. We had some of our ex-astronauts come out and actually back it up. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going back to that guy, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. I, I, I keep promoting that name because he's done so much extensive research. Like He's literally educated past presidents on the secret space programs. Who, that Dr. He, Stephen Greer? Yeah. What? He's been advisor to like two or three of presidents. I didn't know about this. Oh yeah, he's massive. So he wants the non he wants the disclosure program. He wants people to actually go out and know about this on a very deep level. Did you hear about what Buzz Buzz Aldrin said when he went to space? Mm. So I was reading about what he talks about and one thing he said was when he went to space it was a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. This baffled me. The book's long. I'm trying to get through it. But basically... The Book of the Law? I don't even know what it's called. But it's called the Liber Gnostic Masses, book 17 through 21. It's called the Book of the Law. Okay. So when, from what I read so far, he goes, well, going to space was an actual spiritual experience. He said the energy in space was different. It was different from Earth. It was very, like, he said it was spiritual. It's pure. Because in space, apparently space is 5D mm-hmm. and planet, like we're in 3D. Mm-hmm. And so... With a hint of 4D. With it, yeah, 4D. So that's a whole other topic for people that don't know much about that. But oh, we can get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. When you get out of the planet, though, it's like the energy. He said it was so like loving and bright. And then it went back to Earth, and then it was like dark and dense. Well, that's because there's a lot more negativity in the Earth than there is positivity. So you're going to be living when you, if you go into the vacuum of space, the there is there's there's nothing there technically except for take out the galactical wars that we'll get into in a minute. But um, there's nothing technically to bring down that vibration. So the vibration is always really high and really spiritual. It's what we are trying to gain within our own consciousness. In space, right? Yeah. Space, yeah. But just as a side note to that. Um, there was also an interview performed when he says about go where he was apparently misquoting, but he quoted it twice just to put the interview right. And he says, when I went to Mars, and the, mu- the interviewer says, oh, you mean the moon? And he says, no, I'm talking about Mars. So mm-hmm. apparently these um, set of astronauts who were supposed to be going to the moon actually went on a m- trip to Mars. Wow. What did they say about it? It just said, you know, it's a desolate planet, um, but there's definitely life there. And it was quoted and then eradicated. But you can see it in the release documents before it was deleted. 
You better send the, me the, that joint right here. <laughs> send me that. There's so much stuff you can find on on certain parts of the web, which let's can say aren't uh, constrained. Mm-hmm. Dark dark web. Yeah, right? dark web is where the information's at. And I, you know, I don't condone condone half the stuff that goes on in the dark web. There's a lot of black market shit. But the same fact, information is not tainted. It's mm-hmm. not uh, suppressed in any way. It I is thought about going on the dark web. That came out to me this morning. Mm-hmm. Randomly, it was like dark web popped in my head. I was like, ooh, is that somewhere I need to go? And Spirit was like, maybe you need to go there. So It's because information isn't tainted. There. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not, how would you say, policed in any way. And the reason it's not policed means that you can get more facts and figures and more things that aren't generally known to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, be safe. Don't be stupid. Of course. Have, have some sort of, you know, self-morality and self-principle. But, you know, do your research thoroughly and look for the... The one thing I've noticed right throughout the the, the non-Terran and the astro- extraterrestrial mindset is it has exploded over this past few years. Mm-hmm. A lot more people have it. Again, we have more technology. There's more information out there. More people are raising in their consciousness, connecting to these higher level beings. Mm-hmm. But the other flip side of that is we have to understand that on a very, very deep, 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 deep level, we are meant to be a part of that galactical federation <sighs> as an individual, just not as a, a representative. I was of just going to say that, like, we need, we're trying to merge with universal society because we are so, like, our planet is, we already know, is a very primitive planet. It's mm-hmm. a very, it's a baby civilization. Yeah. So we are trying to learn how to, basically govern our own sector of the universe so that these the galactic federation doesn't have to protect us it's like it's like um like the people in the amazon rainforest right they don't have technology whatever so some of them are like very remote Mm -hmm. and like if you show them a picture of a car they're gonna be like what is that well that's the definition of magic anything that we don't see we we look at it as being magic old we've just changed our 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 terminology to it's either something with consciousness or technology Yeah. yeah So it's always, you know, consciousness and technology. And that's the, that's a thing where a lot of people are, they look at it in a fantastical technological level, but it's no different to what people in, say, Egypt view spaceships, which are on hieroglyphs on the, in the body. <laughs> of the uh, they're on the ancient paintings uh, through most of the different variations of ancient, uh, how would you say, conformed religious practice. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, to them, it was something miracle or magical, but it was just an advanced technology that was available at so that then time. when you flip the script and you like put it like this when and you're you, like oh you see now when you put it into like modern day ideology like we have right now where we have this technology that we can see you know we can understand how baffling it was to them and yet it's so obvious to us that it's everywhere <laughs> yes yeah. it's like hidden in plain sight but look at it how like we have to protect those people in the amazon the remote amazon rainforest mm-hmm. even though we don't really touch them or go near them we protect them so it's the same thing with the galactic federation on a galactic planetary scale mm-hmm. so they protect us you know governments always talk about meeting up with these beings that are part of this galactic federation they say mm-hmm. right we made a jokey but it's for real yeah and they come down they're like your people this your people that we want to help you and the government said okay we were trying we're trying because they can't announce that ets are real like trump was about to mm-hmm. right but they can't announce that because apparently that's why jfk got assassinated because he yeah. was going to announce it yep that's part of it yeah that's a good b- Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, oh, yes. What? 
she was bought out of that because she was going to announce it because she had evidence backed up when the time bill was in the, in the White House. Oh, yeah, but Trump was about to announce it too. He made the Space Force, right? He made the Space Force, mm-hmm. but he was about to announce that everyone that was that just they were a real. reborn of what Reagan done in the sixties. Yeah, that's true. Remember, did you did you ever? Or I know this is a wee bit before our times, but um, the speech that Reagan put out to the UN saying that we have more to worry about outside our atmosphere than we have to worry about inside our planet. It was a massive speech where he said, you know, the extraterrestrial threat was a bigger threat to our Someone told me he said that, but I didn't hear it myself. Watch that speech, man. Mind-blowing. Literally find it online and watch it. It is absolutely mind-blowing. And the reason why is because that was probably the most logical man to sit in the White House. And you can't be sitting there talking about he's crazy because yeah. you see a spot. Yeah. yeah, and that's my whole point. He literally came out and said it. So he, he thought about... Uh, the space defense system, which now, like, apparently we have like 36,000 different satellites and half of them are actually there for defense purposes. But when you see the official figures, there's only like 3,000. Mm-hmm. And um, all these different things were sort of instated at the time of Reagan and then have been updated ever since. But that's a lot to do with Majestic 12 and the, yeah. the variation of Majestic 12. And then from the Majestic 12, we had the SSP, the Secret Space Program, and then we had the uh, the SC sp- or the SCP, and the, that's the where they take the splicing and the human uh, genome and splice it with aliens to see what we could come up with, which we call now as cryptoids. Mm-hmm. So the cryptoids is actually the human intervention of trying to splice with alien DNA to see how advanced we actually cool. are. Cool. It's kind of freaky when you yeah. Think about it. Have you heard about the ex-Israeli space chief? You've heard about what he said? Yeah, and he was talking about the Galactic Federation. And then he said Trump knows about it. He said Trump knows about it. All the governments around the world know about it. And he said Trump was about to tell the world that ETs are real, but he was told not to by this Galactic Federation. See, there's a lot of people hate Trump. Love him or hate him. He was no bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he if he had something to say, he said it. He didn't care. Yeah. And that's what I like about him. He was really blunt. He was a pig. (laughs) He wasn't very good in many different variations of his life. But the one thing he was, was blunt. We needed him. We definitely needed him. And the black community is going to come for me for saying that. Because we really did not like he was. He did have a lot of racist history and stuff. But But everybody's racist at heart. And that's the problem with the human consciousness and the human thing. We have a right of hierarchical mindset based on what we call slave mentality. So... Um, we were. I, I was actually watching a different documentary. I watch a lot of weird shit. Just put that out there. <laughs> but it was actually uh, it was uh, a black girl who was questioning the the variation of uh, black oppression, and the interviewer who was a black guy said, "You're not oppressed. Your ancestors were." Mm-hmm. And started reaming out all these figures, and it was like thirty three percent of this, seventy seven percent of this, and uh, when you actually look at the racist aspect whites aren't the world biggest racist on the planet the japanese are <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. sorry asians i love you guys but that's the truth 77 percent of your population has been killed with an internal genocide whoa when you think about it from their existence within that terminology 77 percent was like 33 percent with white 66 percent but if you look at all these different percentages they're just ways of pigeonholing you away from the truth that we're all the same freaking people yeah. with the same consciousness with the same level of uh, ability to connect to the divine and you know love as i say i love or hate trump 
Trump was going to do stuff that was going to weaken the world. And mm. he was ousted because of it. And he was defamed by the very things that he now stands on podiums and shouts about. Um, all these, uh, like, legacy legacy uh, media, where everything's being bastardized and twisted. And it's, you know, the media, the normal consciousness and the normal media, that's how a lot of people respect. We, we're meant to respect the news. We're meant to respect these organizations. Mm. You know, think like CBC, CNBC. Yeah. We're meant to respect these organizations. The fact of the matter is, they're all saying the same shit in a different way, and not one of it's accurate. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally it's all bias. It's it's mass bias to suit corporations. If you take that out of the equation and actually take the evidence that's there, that's produced by independent and government organizations, there's so much proof, like millions of pages of data hundreds of hours of videos to prove that extraterrestrials are real they've always been real and we're just relearning what we lost in mm-hmm. the last transition relearn i like how you said relearning yeah, yeah we're just le- relearning what we lost like our technological advances aren't advanced mm-hmm. we're behind we've been behind for about two thousand years think look at far ahead, yeah, yeah think of our ancestors think of the egyptians think of the mayans th- think of you know even the ancient uh, hindu and, and the indian variations exactly and that's my whole point so we are relearning stuff that we lost or was purposely displaced so we could not advance as a civilization because the greed of man was more important than the consciousness of man and now what we're finding is and here here's one thing that i'll say to a lot of my clients and i'm going to say it to every person who's listening right now you can't take your money and materialism with you you can only <laughs> take your good deeds and your love but you see that's 3d that's basically 3d consciousness mm-hmm. when you level up and when you get to 40 and 5d when you get to most of us that are conscious like this that aren't at a 5d yet you're in 40 like you are aware that there's more but you're not like there yet mm-hmm. that's 40 so when people ask me i tell them that 5d you'll know like eternal happiness like you're happy all the time loving whatever right that's 5d mm-hmm. so like i think when i look at people nowadays like when i walk out in public i understand that i understand this planetary sphere different than they do like my brain is looking at the whole galaxy and this planet right i'm looking at the planet like this whole the race and the culture and all this fighting the planet is literally equivalent to a piece of sand on a beach there you go and it's so primitive who the hell do we think we are that can judge another person by their color their creed or their belief system when we are nothing in comparison to the universe and our own galaxy alone but look at the 3D consciousness when you exactly. look at other people. They're they're like, this is it, right? They like I have so many racist people out in my little town mm-hmm. that come up and say stuff to me. And it, of course, sometimes it'll make me annoyed because I'm like, why are you acting like that? Like we're the same. But other than that, I see it and I'm like, I really feel bad for you. And they get more angry at me because I'm like, I feel bad for you. Yeah, because you're pitying them because they have a very third dimensional mindset yes but fourth dimensional mindset's hard to obtain when you're being subliminally messaged and decoded in such a way that everything's in your face we live in a a feudalistic mindset mm-hmm. we've got capitalism we've got com- consumerism and all of this is just to suppress us so we don't look outside everybody's window. programmed robots and i hate saying that oh, but sorry. everybody i look at like when i walk down the street i understand okay they're probably programmed especially when they act foolish mm-hmm. i'm like she's definitely programmed whatever and i read energy so i'll be able to tell who is a star seed 
who is more conscious, who's in 4D, I could be able to tell that. Mm -hmm. And then, so where am I? You, yo, you're gone. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yes. yeah, you're in 5D, 4D state. Yeah. I definitely think you're branching into 5D. Yeah. And so me just wanted to know that from my own record because no, I, I read a lot of people, but I don't actually get read myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Definitely right when I first met you, I was like, whoa, this like the wisdom was so big. So I was like, I'm definitely gonna learn a lot from him. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom talked after she was like, Yeah, after we talked, she was like, Oh, I felt so small. Like mm -hmm. he knew so much and I knew basically so little. And so looking at it like that you see, you walk around and you understand that everybody is basically programmed. So when I go out, I will plant seeds. I don't preach, I plant seeds. Love that, because preaching is no better than- It's not gonna parents. work. It's no different. And I love that, that you said that and brought that up, because a lot of people who come in and preach their own beliefs, and it's their beliefs, because every person's interpretation of energy and consciousness is different. Yeah, it's, it's different perception of reality. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's the thing, even, even within this, uh, ideology we were talking about chakras and energy healing and variations of that what it's taught here and what the truth is based on where this the information comes from is completely different yeah like you work in a seven chakra system based on your ideology well mm -hmm. you have seven major 22 minor 75,360 micro but you're never you never taught that. You have so many more. You, I've heard you have like 160 something once you level up. 75,000 man when you level up. And it's all within this one body. It's all within the body. Because <laughs> the body isn't w just the body. It's the emanation and the, the light photons that come off us. That's 37 feet from your body. That's why we can recognize somebody's energy and turn around. Mm -hmm. That's why when we walk into the room and go, oh, I don't like the vibe of that person. Your energy's already seen. That vibration's lower than mine. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. But that's the way we are in consciousness with extraterrestrials. What people don't understand there's so many people that are out there and they're snapping on their phones and they're taking videos and they're looking for these UFOs. They don't realize that they can get there just <laughs> by sitting in their own home with pushing out their consciousness. Yeah. Hence the CE5 protocols, which are freaking amazing. Yeah. We should do a CE5 event, man. Yeah, no, we, we got to yeah, do one we together. We got to do one. That's going to be, yeah. be sick. Because <laughs> um, I've seen so many of them and I love it. Um, but it's the realization that consciousness is the key to universal connectivity mm -hmm. and that's what i think the message that you and i and and people within this field need to put out there that everybody has the ability to connect if they just let go of the third dimensional mindset but they struggle with that because then like me i understand i want money because people ask me what do you want money for we're like what do you want this for i want so if i, I give you a million dollars right now what would you do with it there's a classic interviewer yeah. question right there, right? I like that question. I always dreamed about having a place that I could basically have people come in and it's just like a like a party kind of hall, but it's like the vibe is amazing. Like everybody could just come in and chill and then there's a, like a little theater. I want something like that and like just a nice house and like traveling. I want to do so much stuff like that, but I always dreamed about having enough money just so I could, I want to give out. And like, cause I just want to buy experiences. Cause I understand that I feel experiences feel way better than having money. Yeah. Right? Like when you have, like when I go out now and I have genuine experiences with people, I'm like, I'll never get that experience ever, that exact one ever again. So what's the most profound one you've ever had? What's the, what's that pinnacle moment you went, okay. <sighs> like where I realized like every moment's sacred like yeah. that I was at a party and a lot every time I go to a party 
and they're always like they always talk about my energy and how amazing it is or whatever right you have a really cool energy i have to say really it's a very sparkly energy i call it glitter bombing so you ever you. look at a sparkler you know them wee things that kids play with and that just sparks out that's your energy in a night yeah. i i got that i have a like very bright like mm -hmm. very white and so they were like, oh, like I remember I walked in the party and they were like, it's the second coming of Jesus, right? And I was like, a lot of mercy. <laughs> and I walk in and legit, I sat there in the basement one time. And of course, they're younger than me. So they're all like partying, acting foolish. And my inner child was coming out. So I was having fun there too. Mm -hmm. And we were just literally just busting the music. And then I sat there and I was like, whoa. I'm never going to get this exact moment ever. Like, this is going to be a memory after. Yeah. So I sat there and I literally just embraced, like, the flashing lights and the kids dancing and laughing in the corner. And I, I was just looking around like this. I was like, oh, my gosh. And the kids were like, yo, you're just vibing, eh? And I'm like, yeah, because I was just embracing every single in thing that there. moment. And that, that's when it really clicked. And now mm -hmm. everywhere I go... I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get this exact moment ever, ever again. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so happy to not just that, but connect with different souls. Mm -hmm. And because I recognize that, like, when I talk to them, I'm really just talking to another version of myself, in a sense, so I could help them in a way that I needed help when well, I was there. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that, as, as therapists, it's our job to share the, the shortcuts from our own trauma yeah so we have our traumas we have our own personal battles you know we're not infinitely divine what we are is we are creatures of action that mm -hmm. have looked through our trauma find a solution and now we pass it on definitely i like merging the duality that's something i learned about mm -hmm. and now that i've full i should say fully but like 85 percent merged my duality i feel so at peace and like whenever i experience darkness i appreciate it well, that's the, is that not the definition of yin and yang? Yeah. You have to see the light and the dark and the dark and the light in order mm -hmm. to find out. But people don't balance. comprehend that yet. And I remember I was there. I was like, okay, I know how to do this, but I don't know how. And now I see, like, you have to be in a really dark state and to be able to, like, understand. Like, anytime I was in a super dark state, I would really learn something from it that brought me so much more. Like, I'd be on a higher level than I was before. Yeah, it's vibrational rising. Mm -hmm. you're, you're raising your consciousness and your vibration based on experience and emotional experience. And that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. You know, when they, when they think of consciousness, spirituality, even, even connecting, you need to have a pretty decent amount of uh, consciousness ability, you know, delta, advanced alpha waves coming off you in order to connect with these higher powers and these entities. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand that your emotional turmoil is what anchors you in place. And it's not about changing the emotion per se. It's about accepting the lesson behind the emotion that raises your vibration. Exactly. It's like embracing you like you have to move through the dark emotions in order to like get the wisdom there. So it's like we run too much like that's what part of non-duality is. It's actually just like when you experience the dark, you don't run from it. And that's one thing because we always subconsciously we run. We're like, no, I want to get out. But you have to sit down and embrace it. Like I, you generally have to sit down and cry and see the worst case scenario mm -hmm. so that you can become at peace with it. And then you think about it and you're like, OK. 
right? you have to release it. And that's that's yeah. that's one of the common things that we, we find in here is the fact that people say they want to do the work, but then they don't want to go through the turmoil off the Yes. Work. But then they expect all these great, fantastical, you know, conscious developments and they don't have it. But see, we're aware of that and we see it. So we see when they go through that, they're like, they don't want to let go or they don't want to go through the worst. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I'm ready, but they ain't. And yeah, and the, the whole thing <laughs> is we... Like we are human, we are living in you know a third dimensional planet. We do have bills to pay. We do understand that materialism, and unfortunately, the way it is in our society now, we have to work within materialism in order to get these experiences, mm-hmm. as you say, embrace but the three D. But at reality. the same time, we're not anchored by it, and that's the thing that I'm finding at a lot of people's who come in to go. Well, I want to go, you know, connect with spirit guides. I want to connect with angelic beings. I want to connect with the safe or say the fey or the seedy courts or i want to connect with you know non-terran entities and they don't realize it's their own materialistic anchor that's actually preventing them from obtaining that vibration they see the 3d as it like this is it and the other stuff is just out there Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps you in the 3d consciousness and that's why you're going to keep incarnating here Mm -hmm. because you're attached but as soon as you become like conscious like us per se Mm -hmm. and you start seeing experiences and like energy instead of you know money and all this stuff Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that's when you you don't want to incarnate here anymore because you're not attached to the physical Mm -hmm. and you live on such a higher vibration because you're not in the and you've paid your karmic debt so whatever you've whatever karma you've done you've paid it you've done you've clocked out i've I've learned my lesson Mm -hmm. you can move on to the next set of lessons from a different perspective and a different planet and I agree with that. But here, you know, we were talking about third, fourth, and fifth dimension. And one of the be- best ways I ever was um, educated on it was from a, a, a very a very near and dear mentor of mine. Her name's Mary McCabe. She's back from Ireland. She's still living. Amazing girl. Love. Older lady. But Mary always explained her consciousness to me as the third dimension is a box. Fourth dimension teaches you to think outside the box. Mm. Fifth dimension thought ma- makes you know that there's no damn box in the first place. I so like no, that. So as you go through it, you're, you're stuck within the confines of the third dimensional box. Fourth dimension, you know there's something more, but you're still mm-hmm. trapped. Fifth dimension, there's no box at all. And that was the best analogy I ever heard of consciousness that I could cool. ever call. So, you know... Have that. You can have it. It's a great Thank lesson. You. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> lesson because it teaches people to know that even in every part of our life, we're pigeonholed by race, color, conformity, energy. Then you look outside that where you go, I don't care what color you are. Like, I'm a white guy so surrounded by two black people, two color. Well, Marana and black. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a shit. To me, you're bleed blue. I don't care. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then when you look at it from a true perspective... You're just energy to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I look at everything energetically. Literally everything is energy. Like this is energy. And you know what fascinated me is learning about different beings and what their state of being is like. So when like a fifth dimensional being that has like a light body mm-hmm. or say like an ast- in the astral realm, when you're in the astral realm, the things in the astral are physical to you. Mm-hmm. So like if this was an astral water bottle, like you would go like this with it. But if it was physical, your hand would move through it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing when you are a light being. So if you go into the sixth dimension, everything in the sixth dimension is physical to you. Mm-hmm. But everything less than or more than, your hand moves through it because you're not aligned with those laws Does anymore. Does that not define by definition spirits? 
you see, when that, you think about it, ghosts and spirit, hundred percent makes sense, doesn't right? it? Right? When you that literally just penny dropped for me when you were saying that. That's, that's literally like a spirit coming off a separate dimension that comes through, and they pass through our stuff as if it's not there, or is that a higher dimensional being that is sitting there going, "Look, I'm here. I'm going to slow down just enough so you can see me, but not mm-hmm. enough that you can touch me." Well, you see, that's why when when spirits come around, sometimes they knock something over mm-hmm. or whatever because they have to lower their vibration enough to match the laws of this reality. So sometimes you see the water bottle move randomly and it's the ghost doing that, mm-hmm. but that's because they have to lower their frequency enough to manifest yeah. here because the dimensions are gradients. So it's not yeah. like 3D, 4D, 5D, it's like they're meshed like this. Yeah. So so when a spirit comes here, they are gonna have to lessen their frequency enough to just like appear so you'll see them, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of work to do that and a lot of ETs and higher like, like star seeds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Coming here, they have to go through different lifetimes to lower their frequency. Yeah. So someone from, let's say Andromeda, that's like in the eighth dimension, which is mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. then you're there and they're like, okay, I know I have to incarnate on earth after a bit. Let me just, I have to now lower my vibration. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to incarnate on lower frequency planets mm-hmm. to adjust because it's painful for them because yeah. they've risen so high. It's just like me, like after when I woke up in that dream, mm-hmm. like I was there for three days and it was really dark. I was like, oh, like it was painful to me. So I had to take the day to raise my frequency again. Mm-hmm. So it's like acclimatizing. If we can put that in analogy for the people that's listening, it's like uh, uh, high elevation training. We have yeah. to train to move up and we have to train to come back down. Exactly. So to, just to try and analogize it, because you know the name of the podcast, it's defluff and we have to <laughs> defluff this too. Thank so you for yeah. doing that. So it's coming down as you you have to go through the stages like acclimatizing to each of these different levels of even if we go into mountain climbing or something like that right mm-hmm. now there's a, that acclimatization and yeah. that allows you to balance the air or the ions or the ether count energy count within that dimension and this is just balancing on a soul level so mm-hmm. i heard about uh people people were telling me yeah some of these star seeds they had to incarnate into places like the pleiades mm-hmm. which we see as very high frequency but to higher frequency beings that's low mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to incarnate in the pleiades which would be painful for them because they're not used to that and then from there then they can incarnate in a body like on earth mm-hmm. but again they're gonna be so high vibrational to them that's really low but when they incarnate here they forget everything you see that that's that's where that philosophy that uh, first thing that I read out to do with the Vatican comes in uh, where um, Lord Jesus and Shiva and uh, Buddha they were avatars so their miracles that they performed of healing and life and moving forward was actually normal practice for them because their vibration was so high trapped in an avatar version of the Jesus was an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Period. <laughs> I had actually controversial, shaman, but true. Yes. No, actually, my shaman friend said she went to a, somewhere in the galaxy, and she's like, "Yeah, I actually projected, and I got to talk to um, it was an angel. It was Archangel Michael." She said, and she asked him. She was like, "Are you an alien? Like, what are you?" And he told her, it depends on your perception. Exactly, and everyone's perceptionized, and that's yeah. the thing. Because if you look at the Archangel Michael. Uh, and you actually look at the biblical reference to that Archangel Michael was actually the avatar that went into the body of Jesus 
hence why he was such high vibration he was allowed he could have these miracle forms because if you look right let's just look at this on a biblical level just for a moment okay and i'm not being any conformity in any way because there is similarities across hindu taoist buddhist even paganistic mindset mm -hmm. so uh, i'm just putting in because it, it's it sort of references what you're saying the the moment of creation of uh Jesus being born in the manger in Bethlehem. We have the star Bethlehem, which we now know was actually the planet Saturn. Because mm. uh, that's where he come from. Whoa. <laughs> right? Because it was there. So that mo that the star Bethlehem is actually a UFO that come from that constellation to show the birth of its constellation. Wasn't here's there a the picture of a UFO? It was a picture of the UFO yeah. actually de depicted in it because it was referenced in the book of Thomas, but never actually, book of Thomas didn't make the final cut. Of, we're going to put that, the director's mm -hmm. cut, uh, <laughs> the Vatican cut of uh, from the Council of Nestasia. But the three major angels that were over the, over the uh, manger was Gabriel, Uriel, and Raphael. Now, if the protector of God, the armor of God, was being, in, uh, was, to oversee all of human mankind, would you not, by deduction, assume that the armor and the sword of God, the most powerful angel within his realm, would be looking over the very offspring of God himself? Mm -hmm. So where was he? He was in the damn major. He never did come in as Jesus. He came in as the Archangel Michael. The Archangel Michael is known to be from the Boots constellation. So are you saying... Because blue flame energy comes from the Boots constellation. Boots constellation, we know Lyrians, Draconians, Arcturians, and uh, the the variation of the Dal. Mm -hmm. Heard so about them. So you have four races that come from that, and they're all higher-powered races. They're all fifth, si or sorry, sixth, seventh, and eighth-dimensional races. Mm -hmm. So their miracles to us is simple just manipulation simple. <laughs> to them. It makes so much sense yeah. when you backdate it, right? But the point of the matter is there is references of alien, no, sorry, I'm going to get out that term. Extraterrestrial? Non-Terran non okay. craft in the Bible and in the Vedas. And I'm using them too because I've studied them too extensively. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm using that as a thing. So if you look, there's a certain passages of in the Bible where it says that there was a column of light appeared above behind the army and eradicated all. It happened in the Vedas. I think it was the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, it happened also in the Bible. And this column of light appeared from a burning chariot in the sky. So the column of light is actually the light of the non-turn vehicle entering the atmosphere. And the burning is it's, uh, burning off all the carbon that it happened Dog. through. Right? It's freaky when you think about it. Because it's literally documented. And then you go to pictures and documentation of the period and you see these discs in hierarchy in the background and, yeah. forms, and even in the paintings <laughs> cave paintings space astronauts all there in the cave paintings from tens of thousands of years ago yes long before you know conformed religion i'm going to use that term came mm -hmm. into play mm -hmm. so they're just reenacting basically what's been going on for generations right but it's it's really freaky when you think about it because it explains a lot about what you're saying because there's a there's a passage, a, a passage in the Bible and in the Vedas that says if the if the uh, I'm going to use the word deities because I don't want to give them specific names. If mm -hmm. a deity hits the earth 
at the velocity of a deity's power, it would wipe out half the earth. It said it on the angels, and it actually said, I think it was Brahma, if Brahma come to earth, and if an angel or an archangel w came onto earth, it would hit with the velocity of 10 nuclear bombs, which also explains the crystallization and the uh, glassification of certain sands in certain areas and radiation within mm. the Earth's core because it was these alien craft hitting Earth. Wow. That's a, that's a mic drop moment. I'm Ugh, i got to recalculate now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to process all of that. The War of the Giants. The, the War of the Giants is literally the war of uh, extraterrestrial beings. That's there what is, I'm there saying. Is, there is evidence of extraterrestrial and galactic wars being people. fought on this planet. Yes. I can tell people all the time, all these religions, like they were real, like what they tell is real. Maybe it wasn't like because they translated them, like it may not be real, like exactly how they wrote it down. Like, like Noah's Ark probably wasn't a boat. Like we were saying, it probably was it, some sort of spaceship. Is the, is, is the SSP uh, Nautilus? It, uh, it's, uh, it's like a, a fucking aircraft carrier in space. It was originally called Noah's Ark. What? It was originally called and then renamed. Well, its predecessor was called the Nautilus, which is the under uh, our Captain Nemo ship mm -hmm. that went into the Mariana Chanch and hit to the center of the Earth. So Nimrod and the the Marianas Trench is supposed to be an underwater city, um, not like Atlantis, but something deeper and older. Wow. So do you think? What do you think Noah's Ark was? I think Noah's Ark was. Uh, because it doesn't make sense to have two of every animal. I think it was a spaceship and some sort of like data bank of DNA. Yeah, I, I, I think that too. I think that too. But that, that sort of flips over onto another f ideology that was depicted in a, a Hollywood movie where they actually sent an egg to Earth and the egg hitting the Earth cr created the fall of the dinosaurs, but the egg was actually full of genotypes and different seedlings of all the different animals on the planet. That meteorite definitely was done on purpose. I always asked that, like, growing up, I was like, that looks like it was done on purpose. Like, someone took the thing and, like, threw it at our planet. But was that it? That's, what, that's how I see it. Was it a meteorite, though? Because that's one philosophy. Oh, I never thought about that. So the other... The, yeah, the two stars colliding and actually creating it. But that's one philosophy. Another philosophy is that's the point of the first mega nuclear bomb that ever landed, which explains the instant dying off of all the dinosaurs at that time because it was the residue um, of two warring uh, factions trying to get the DNA from velociraptors, T-Rexes, to actually um, uh, create the human genotope with the reptilian DNA strand. So they just like do like a nuclear bomb. So at they threw a nuclear bomb at it, and that actually has the same blast radiance as the meteorite. Meteorite impact. <laughs> okay, that makes I'm, more sense to me because because there's 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 uh, radiation. Because oh, I heard about that radiation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you guys want to believe it was a meteor or whatever. Either way, something massive happened and it totally changed the face of the human race as we know it at that time. And it was done on purpose. Absolutely. And do, wait, do you believe that there was humans on the planet while the dinosaurs were there? Um, yes. I'm considering it. I'm I'm not going to call them human as in human as you and I, but humanoid. Okay, so like That's our ancestors, cavemen. No, no, type. humanoid as in non-Terrans. Oh, okay. And then they spliced the DNA 
from them non-Terrans with the reptilian or the Tricodian style genome mm-hmm. and then came back after the radiation fell, which would we would classify as the Adam and Eve theory, um, and yeah. regenerated the entire world from that. I definitely believe that. Yeah. It makes more sense, right? It 100% makes so much sense. And But I That's know for sure... Guides. That's something to ask your guys. We should sit down and have a guide meeting right now and just go, right, guys, this is our philosophy. This is what we That'd be cool. Tell me what this is. But definitely Adam and Eve was the first. I always talk about this. Adam and Eve, we know to be the first, uh, like, made humans. They were obviously the Anunnaki Well, they were actually the, the third. Third. But I mean, like, us. Like, as yeah, the our third. There was three. So there was somebody before Eve. Oh, actually, I didn't Lilith. know about this. Lilith. Lilith was Adam's first partner. And then she was banished from the Garden of Eden. And then Eve was made made from the rib. So the genome was updated based on that to be subservient. And that's why in that culture from a way, way back, women were subservient because they're literally a piece of man and man created them. That's that's where that whole subservient mindset comes from. But Lilith was actually there before Adam or before Eve. Do you... um, And Lilith. Do you believe in like the Anunnaki and how they created like Adam and Eve and all of that? And like the serpent was just Enki trying to like awaken the humans. I don't believe that part because I always, uh, if you look at all ancient texts right throughout history, the serpent represents divine knowledge and wisdom. So when we look about, if you go through the Adam and Eve variants where they say about taking the apple, it wasn't an apple for the record. It wasn't an apple. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, it wasn't an apple. (laughs) Technically, we, we're, we're probably going to differ on it, but I'd like to hear your perspective. But uh, it was the knowledge from the tree of power. Okay. Uh, and Or the tree of knowledge, I should say. So the, the, the serpent wrapping around it was a depiction, and it's still a depiction to this day of knowledge to ancestry. So if you mm-hmm. look at our modern uh, symbol for, for medicine, it is two serpents wrapping around the yeah. tree of knowledge with two wings, which shows a few encompass all knowledge from multiple perspectives you reach divinity cool that's a that's a, that's a random side note for you so yeah. right get back to that point uh, i was gonna it say it was not an apple yeah it wasn't an apple some one of my followers commented on my post and said uh in hebrew which was the original language of the bible that uh, we'll, we'll disagree there but keep going okay <laughs> that's what i heard anyways <laughs> and i did research and it said hebrew so i was like okay but the word for fruit is the same in Hebrew as mushroom. It's fig. A fig? The word for in Hebrew for uh, fruit is actually fig. And fig. that's why Jesus and Eve are depicted uh, as wearing fig leaves to cover their parts. So what do you think this apple was? It wasn't an apple. Because I thought it was... Uh, we talked about this and I was like, it, I think it was a mushroom. I think personally... It was a variation of a mushroom, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was, uh, I know it's going to sound really weird, because the other interpretation from Hebrew for fig is toad. You think it was a frog? So I think it was, you know, the way you lick the toad and you get psychedelics? <gasps> what? And I that's why the toad that. is actually created, uh, is always depicted as being something evil and sneaky. And that, that's that's a personal philosophy or ideology that I've sort of researched a wee bit about, but not much. But if we bring it down into the actual terms, uh, fig uh, is the true term. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely wasn't an apple. That's Hollywood bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you actually break it down even further, the term uh, comes down to frog or toad, which represents uh, the reptilian aspect or the amphibious aspect because we can live both in air and out of air. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a psychedelic coming off that. I'm going to talk to my followers about that tonight, about the frog. Yeah. That's interesting. It is interesting. I always thought it was a... I was always said to, I always said to people it was a mushroom, but mm-hmm. I never thought about the frog because that makes total sense. Because you're getting the same effect. You're associating the mushroom with the psychopathic that comes off it, which is that higher consciousness connection. Mm-hmm. But do tree frogs not exist? Are they not one of the oldest animals in existence? Yeah. So it makes more sense, right? When I'm going to talk about that. Because mm-hmm. Hebrew is one of the versions of the Bible, but the actual... Uh, the, the lessons of the Bible aren't in Hebrew. They're in Sanskrit because the Dead Sea Scrolls in Sanskrit and then other variations and teachings. Here's the thing. There's certain amount of information that we have been lost to time. Yeah. So this is where we're sitting here as a conversation, sitting here trying to pick and mark the pieces. But you have to understand that there was no word for mushroom back then. Mm. There was no word for fig. There was no word for apple. They didn't have these terms. So it wasn't just a general term. It was a generalized term. But the one thing that they did have a word for was toad. So they did have that word. So if you look at it from a modernized perspective, because you remember the, the information that we're getting is, you know, centuries and centuries old. And even if we do a game of Chinese whispers, by the time it comes around a room of 20 people, it's completely different. So imagine doing that over years and years and years of you know, generation to generational stories, myth and folklore, mm-hmm. you can actually get to the root of the problem. And the root of the thing is the only thing that is consistent from that time to this is that tree frogs had psychobellum and they were licked and used. The old shamans used to, and, and this is going to sound a wee bit crude, and I'm just going to say this, the old shamans used to be female, not male. And the old female shamans used to use the toad, put it on a stick, and ride the stick. That's where we get the folklore of witches riding brooms, because it, it literally went into the vaginal pack, p- uh, the passage, and give them an instant high. Wow! So the toad has always been there. The reptile has always been there. It's the one consistent. And what reptile sits on a tree? Tree frog. Wow! I like what you did there. That makes sense. It makes sense. Now, obviously, there's a hell of a lot more research we got to do into that. Yeah. But that is something that I came to conclusion about two or three years ago. And I've sort of put it on the back burner because there's so much more information out there that I want to learn. I'm one of them. I'm like you, man. I just want to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that particular ideology is based on non-truth. Uh, if you actually took most of the scriptures, and I'm going to be very open about this, most scriptures that we practice today have been bastardized to such a degree that it's just about controlling man and not the consciousness and the betterment of man. Yeah. So the Bible's been bastardized a thousand times, the Vedas, uh, you know. And yep. I'm not blaspheming anybody no, right, right now. I want to put that out there. But there is evidence to show that this has been bastardized to such a degree that we're only getting a quarter off the information. But why, would so- <coughs> why is someone going to lick a frog? Like who, like who would have like sat there, looked at a frog, and been like, I'm gonna lick this so, uh, thing. So if you are a newborn, right? That's the th- that's just put this in. Now <laughs> we're going down a deep rabbit hole. I like this. <laughs> if we look at a newborn, a newborn's only thing is to see milk. Mm. When a frog, uh, a tree frog, is res- um, 
is stimulated, it produces milk. So if you're a brand new human with the mindset of a human needing to feed, and the only thing that you know in your head is milk equals food, would you not go for the milk? Because it looks the same. It looks like yellow or white droplets coming off the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And milk lactating looks like white droplets so you think the, nipple. the baby looked at that and said let me let me the eat. infant mind and the infant mind once it gained or doesn't matter if you believe it's an apple a fig a toad it gained knowledge from the tree of knowledge yeah so the infant mind took that piece of milk because that's all it knew because it was infantized and become enlightened psychobalance I'm going to look into that now. That's a mind dropper, isn't it? Because I've never heard anybody say frog. No, because everybody looks at it, the terminology based on westernized terminology, not terminology of the time. Right. Exactly. So if you look at the, the Vedas, it, it says that all the divine knowledge comes from the ocean of milk, which came off, I, I think, at the breast of Shiva. Wasn't it the breast of Shiva? Yeah, it was the breast of Shiva. So if you look at the ocean of milk being the exact same thing, it's it's an adaptation of enlightenment, spiritual consciousness based on milk. And that's where the ocean of milk came from as well. It's a what is the ocean of milk? Uh, hold on. Let the master tell you. <laughs> ocean of milk is the story that we use to describe creation. So how the world was created, where that knowledge came from and what sprung from it. So what sprung from it was Earth. Mm -hmm. And then from that, you had certain creations like the elixir of immortality. And then at the very end of that creation, then we have what we call Mother Lakshmi, which we look for prosperity. But the base root of the Ocean of Milk story is about creation of the universe and knowledge. So knowledge? Knowledge literally coming from milk. It all makes sense. Where have I heard that before? I heard of something with milk. I don't know where that's it comes what it, from. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm feeling this right now. So that's what I'm saying. If, if we take it all come from the elixir, which is the Vedas, which is literally about the universe and the consciousness of the universe springing from milk, and then you have that um, uh, philosophy of Adam licking <laughs> the milk with an infant mind and coming out more advanced more yep. knowledgeable more conscious more weary about his own self-awareness they had no self-awareness up to that yeah let's make that clear that's true there was no self-awareness up to that because all throughout history this the serpent has been associated with knowledge it's only when it was bastardized that, that we associated it looked like a demon or something demonic yeah but the actual the, the actual uh, older variation of the snake was the frog it's been and around I for millennia that doesn't make sense how you know this snake came and like gave them this knowledge like made them eat this fruit that helped them gain knowledge and so what like, is the fruit fruit is nourishment so you're looking at fruit with the wrong word but like why was why was it so demonized like i always wondered i was like that's not negative like control. that thing just taught the human and then why would god get mad control it's clear right it's so clear god doesn't get mad but in the story, it's, oh, God got mad because... No, he didn't. Man got mad. Man got mad. But the Bible story, the Bible story says, yeah, God got mad. And who wrote the but Bible story? A person. A man. 
See, but so, I'm saying that doesn't make sense how yeah. it says God got mad. I was like, why would God get mad for humans becoming more advanced? And then, but the, when you say that, the priests get nervous, right? <laughs> and they start getting itchy. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll just stop there. But that never made any sense. So all of this, the dots are lining up. What I hear here, what I hear there, it's all piecing together. And that's the thing. It's, when, when, when we're looking at... Um, cultural folklore mythology ancient knowledge we have to look at it from their perspective not a modernized mind yes looking at it ulteriorly that's the intelligent way to do it well stoicism teaches us that we have to see it from their perspective you cannot you were talking about the abazonians Mm -hmm. and and the these very i would say segregated tribes we look like fucking gods to them Mm -hmm. we do we look like gods because we have this technology where we appear more thing so imagine if we, as a modern person, were trying to analogize something that they couldn't ha- didn't have a word for back there. We're going to give it in a way that people will understand it. In this case, mm-hmm. the term fruit. Fruit is nectar. Nectar has always been known through all civilization as knowledge of gods. That term, honey, the honey of the gods, the brew of the gods, has always been classified as nectar. So from the modern perception, we're automatically going to look at that from that perception we're not going to see it from their time because we weren't there so it's all just making it like eatable that's what all religions are just making it eatable for people you're packaging you're commercializing it you're packaging up to go here this makes sense right now because if you look outside (laughs) of the box you you can't it's going to be hard to teach people to look outside of the box because then they're going to be like whoa right and then they're going to realize how much power they have and then you don't have power over these people anymore right so just on that subject on every uh on every major scripture and i'm going to use this um you will find that there's certain books taken out because it shows that the power of the divine and the power of God lies in the body of man and not within the body of a church. So if you look at manifest, you were saying about manifestation and consciousness, mm-hmm. the book of Thomas, one of, of the Thomas. most one of the most profound books in the Bible, literally teaches you direct connection to God and how to manifest directly from the universe, omitted because it takes away from the power of the Pope. Mm-hmm. And I'm not dissing any religion. I want to no, point that right. out again. I continually saying that because I don't want to offend anybody. But the facts are the facts. Book of Mary Magdalene's taken out. The Book of Barabbas was Book of Enoch. Out. Enoch was taken out. Ezekiel four was taken out. All yep. these books were taken out. Look at the Vedas. Brahma two, Brahma three was not included, and they're ancient, and they actually show the 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 how would you say the blueprint of life what we classify as the Sephiroth of the Kabbalah slave and they talk about universes like the universal consciousness and how to connect to it exactly. and they took it out I took it out because they want <laughs> man to control and not the other yeah. way around and as you said I think way back in part one you said in part one that man's greed is what keeps us on this planet mm-hmm. our consciousness is locked within this box because we've been told the 3D the 3D mind we have to be commercialized we have to be materialistic we have to take our attention away from our consciousness our spirit and back into what I need that car I need that music. and this is what the whole matrix story is like if you guys watch the matrix it's not talking legit it's all metaphorical just like the bible is yeah so you have to watch the movie and look at it in a metaphorical way because even us that are aware of this matrix I guess you want to call it we when you look at the movie and you look at it from like an out-of-box perspective you're like well that really is what it's like to be in this so-called like matrix but if like you, it's if exaggerated you look at that from fifth dimension no box it's just a layer of 
but you see the box you see the box you're like whoa like when you watch matrix you're like that's exactly what it was like mm -hmm. and so you watch it and you're like i want everybody to watch it and just look at it like like being unplugged like, i would really i'm gonna plug what do you have to plug moonfall watch that movie yeah because that would blow your mind because the evidence <laughs> in that there's so much documentation behind it and it explains that and if you can get the grasp your head around as something as the moon being a mega structure that was built by a non-terran race to protect us if you can get that into your head all of this becomes so much more easier it's all of this stuff they're putting out is getting us ready for something. I think it's the 2024 you're talking about is getting us ready. I was, we were doing this research yesterday because we have this thing. I, I'm very much on Egyptian theology. Neil obviously being a Hindu priest has the Hindu theology. And I was mm -hmm. going, but they're all similar. So I was get literally given out, we, I done a list and we mapped Egyptian uh, deities with Hindu deities on how They're the same thing how similar they are I heard about that but I didn't I didn't do enough research to be like oh, we for myself yesterday yeah. we had lists direct of it links. direct links oh. all the same stories born off the lotus just in different so like cultural and, ways uh, who was a Brahma Horace and Brahma both born off a lotus leaf okay so it all, there's so many similarities and from that I was looking at um, the light tablets of Thoth because Thoth actually appears in the Bible as being a, rab uh, a wandering sage, right? And we were going through all this, uh, the light tablets of Thoth, and then we found the similarities in the days, and we found out that uh, every 177 days, we lose 2.2 days per year. Why? Because of the way that the alignment of our orbit is, and the fact that certain winds, east winds are always hot, north winds are always cooler, West winds are always far, uh, frosty, and southern winds are always fire. So that's actually the direction of the ether that it's hitting the planet. <coughs> it's the magnetic charge of north and south poles. So we actually got this, and we found out that w there was four uh, caches in uh, Vedix. Yep. There's 12, or no, there's seven. There's seven in uh, Egyptian, and there was one that was universal. And that's the 12 portals, which is the 12 months of the year. Nah, you guys are digging up, eh? <laughs> well, we went deep. <laughs> I knew you were coming in. I wanted to be fully prepared for the shit. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that just shows you, right? It's so much, man. And like we, like we're we're over two hours in to this, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, like this is going right? to be third part three, four, five, and six. We just skimmed the top. <laughs> and we haven't even got into each race. We haven't even got into you know the technologies. We haven't even got into pulsars. You know time machines, time travel, which is interdimensional. I travel. love how this is two hours, right? But it's only like a general like sneak peek of oh, what you're gonna get into. Oh, we're going to get into this. I assume. And I know this is the biggest one. You are going to come back and do more podcasts. I'm going to come back. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do a lot more. And we're going to do a full series. And then we'll, uh, we, we will just educate as many people as we can because they need it. I definitely want more actual real-life experiences too. This is why I talked about astral projection. Like I asked my guys, I'm like, why can't I astral project? Like I want to because I want to gain these spiritual experiences so I could actually get to understand this stuff. Like people be like, okay, what's in the moon? Why don't I just go and astral project and see for myself? Right? Like that's stuff that I want to do. And I want to do way more CE5. I want to... So do why don't we make an agreement? We'll sit down, and after the podcast, we'll come up with a plan of what we both want to learn. We'll do our own personal research. We'll come back and do it plan by plan. And in the summer, for your followers, for my listeners, 
for the people that come through Shine Waves, we will organize a group CE5 event somewhere that's ha- local for everybody and we'll just get everybody in on it. It's a deal. Sign the contract. It's done. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. This is what's going down. So this podcast um, is going to be two parts. And uh, after this, we're going to sit down. We're going to arrange when we're going to do the next three, four, five, six, seven, eight parts. Because <laughs> I could talk about this all day and I love it. And now, th- but we got to get deeper. We got to educate these people for their own consciousness, their own safety, and to bring branch away from this conformity that they think they're stuck in. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, for two hours, it's a lot of sneak peeks <laughs> of what, <laughs> how deep we go. But I think we're, what we'll do is we'll create a, a large um, list of what we want to cover and what we want to educate people. And each on. episode, we'll go deeper into certain topics. Yeah, just centralize it instead of going down the rabbit hole like we did yes although i love that <laughs> just for the <laughs> record but i just want to centralize it for the simple p- there's going to be a lot of answers and a lot of questions come up so you know get them down <laughs> and um in the meantime just for yourself if people do want to get in contact you can you share your uh instagram handle or or your um tiktok handle so people can learn more about you me you don't know about me. I'm the wee shy guy in the back of a shiny <laughs> of spirituality. Um, but uh, this no. podcast is awesome. I love this. Thank you for actually like reaching out to me, by the way, as well. Oh, you can thank my wife for that. Her name's <laughs> oh, yeah, Courtney. So thank you, Courtney. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Make sure you do that because then I'm on the good books. <laughs> I would love to meet her one day as well. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. You guys can reach out to my Instagram. It's just I'm King Cash, like cash like money. And then from there, all my socials will be at there as well. My snap is the same thing. You guys can reach out to me. I love talking to you guys. But yeah, my Instagram is my main. And then my TikTok and all that I see is like sidelined. Yeah. So you guys hit me up there. And I can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. So that's it, folks. Um, I think it's been a decent podcast. It I'm really been. excited for the more. And I, on behalf of everybody here at Shine Waves, thank you so much for coming in. Um, I know it's going to be a long journey between <laughs> us guys. We're going to sit here and we're going to have deep conversations for many years to come, and I'm really appreciative of it. So stay tuned, guys. So we'll get up with the, the next couple of podcasts and a big list, and we'll start advertising it, and people will start to know. Maybe do a live question and answer for some of the followers. Yeah. In the store, get them in. We can record the live. Yeah. We could do that too. That's next too. Good okay. idea. See, we get all this because the best way to educate them is have them sitting in front of us. Mm-hmm. So we can, we will arrange this. Plenty to come, folks. So thank you again. Uh, thank you for us. And we will chat soon.